For years, the best podcasters from around the world have gathered to review, reminisce, and riff on popular franchises. They've assembled Earth's mightiest superheroes, busted their fair share of ghosts, unplugged from the Matrix, I know Kung Fu, kept a watchful eye on Gotham City, discovered the secrets of Jurassic Park, and other audio adventures. But there were some movies that didn't make the cut. From the creators of Podcasters Assemble comes a movie hype series hosted by a motley crew of talent. I'm going to have to stop you right there. Batman Returns <laughs> might be the best Batman movie ever made. Oh, no. And I'll fight no, you on not, this. No, no, it's not. That movie rules. It that is, movie kicks it's, This is why he should have been on our Batman season. It's Mike. not the worst. It's not the best. Zach, I'll fight you on this. <laughs> Frank Welker did all the voices of the Penguins. <laughs> there is no way. <laughs> I almost believe you. I almost believe you. That's a gr- that's great. Podcasters disassemble. Another disassembled episode, and this time uh, we we aren't at fault for this one. We did not choose it. Um, there were it chose us. options, it chose and us. It, yeah, well, it chose us through you, the listener, uh, going <laughs> and voting for That's tonight's, right. today's entertainment, mm-hmm. uh, entertainment in quotations. We'll call it that. I, I think it's entertaining. Uh, you know what? I we'll... I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna somehow end up liking this movie more than the other the rest <laughs> of you, and uh, I don't know how that happened. I, have, I am by no means a big Mars Attacks fan. I have <laughs> I have a theory. Uh, any, mm, anyways, okay. welcome to Podcasters Disassembled. My name is Zach, uh, here again. Thank you for tolerating me. And joined once again by Eric Slater. Good evening, sir. Glad to be back. Or glad to be here. I, never mind. <laughs> you <laughs> fumbled that. Eric never <laughs> so left. Hard. He just sits here waiting yeah, for me to show I'm, back up. I literally just finished editing a podcast and was like, ah, oh, shit, I got to record another one. <laughs> and joined also from the Neatcast, where you will begin finding me again, is the Mike. Hello, I watched this movie at work. What are you going to do? Fire me? Fire these nuts. <laughs> you know, that line will fit in right along with this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, was written by AI. <laughs> <laughs> and as, as Mike already mentioned, uh, we are, we are going to be discussing Mars Attacks. <laughs> Now, Eric, before we get into the plot and synopsis and everything that we normally do, um, yes. how did we get here? Because we didn't choose the movie. <laughs> how, how did we so, get here? So um, right around, uh, I want to say this is like about a month ago. There was uh, the, you know, uh, if, you, if you've been really paying attention to the news and stuff, there was a certain hearing in Congress dealing with UFOs and stuff. And I was just, I was just thinking there's a lot of good UFO movies out there. 
and some bad ones. Uh, and so I was like, hey, let's put it to a vote. Let's see what people want us to talk about, because uh, it feels kind of relevant, you know, whether you believe in this stuff or not. Like it is like there are people talking about it, you know, in government. So, uh, yeah, so I came up with a list and I regret my choices now. <laughs> uh, but we well- had. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you're probably just about to say it. What were the other movies on the list? Right. So we had um, Day the Earth Stood Still, which is a mm-hmm. classic, like one of my favorites. Uh, I want to say this is from the 40s, like black and white. Like It's it's a, a classic, but it is a, it's an old film. Yeah, but it's good. It holds up pretty well. Um, you know, a little bit on the slower side pacing wise, but it's like one of those like it's like a Twilight Zone episode. Know. You know? There, like there's really... something something about the day the earth stood still. I look at it, I'm like, this would be better if Keanu Reeves was in it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? That that may may have happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, Zach, that would never happen. We'd have to live in a perfect world. Are you sure? Uh, um, we also had Arrival. Another fantastic movie, uh, Amy Adams. Uh, you know, it's it's one of the more high hard science approaches to this subject, which I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. That was an entertaining very film. Seriously, yeah. I like. I did enjoy that. Yeah, definitely. It was all about like communicating with uh, you know the extraterrestrials, the giant um, dr- giant squidlies. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah. you guys wouldn't have got me if you were watching either of those movies because I'm only on for movies <laughs> about little freaks. Yep. <laughs> That's why we rolled out the carpet for Mike. <laughs> oh, you're watching a movie with a bunch of little freaks in it? I'm in. Yeah. And the, uh, so the other the other choice was uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, uh, Spielberg classic, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has some little freaks. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but they're friendly uh, we were, little freaks. That's we were, true. We were kind of trying to, like, focus in on, like, alien movies that take place on earth if that makes sense because we've like mm-hmm. covered like the alien movies and the predator movies and stuff uh but yeah so um i i you know mars attacks was kind of one that i just kind of threw in there last second i was like eh, you know no one's gonna pick this one and everyone picked it <laughs> <laughs> so not a lot of thought went into this choice uh but the reason we didn't do independence day was because we're actually planning on doing that for the fourth of july next year so oh man spoilers <laughs> I'm making note not to select another movie for next year. There we go. Independence Day. <laughs> um, we'll get to it eventually. Which, one like, of years. like all the movies, we will get to them eventually. Oh, yeah. So we are talking today, Mars Attacks. What is that? White House is coming out live. My fellow Americans, this is a momentous occasion. It is profoundly moving to know there is intelligent life out there. Alien life. And our world will never feel quite the same again. Once you believe. Martians, please come to Earth, please. Once you rise above fear. Annihilate! Kill! Kill! Let's not be too rash. Then you'll be invited. Hi there. Are you interested in the White House? To meet with a new people. It's so perfect that it's happening at the beginning of the new millennium. More powerful than the might of America. I'll tell you one thing, they ain't getting a TV. More advanced than the brains of Britain. Ladies and gentlemen, this could be a cultural misunderstanding. But be prepared for a few changes to what we know and love. Tom Jones, right? It ain't unusual. As we must learn, 
to dance. Girls, get out! To a new tune. Jack Nicholson. Whoa. Why can't we all just get along? Glenn Close. Kick the crap out of them. Pierce Brosnan. What, in your view, are some of the things that the Martians can teach us, Professor? Quite a lot about Mars, I expect, Natalie. That means I... Danny DeVito. You want to conquer the world? You're going to need lawyers, right? And Annette Bening. I think they've come to save us. From director Tim Burton. Hey, we all make mistakes, Mr. President. Mars attacks. Not anymore. We're going to take charge of this thing. The synopsis of this film, a fleet of Martian spacecraft surrounds the world's major cities and all of humanity waits to see if the extraterrestrial visitors have, as they claim, come in peace. U.S. President James Dale receives assurance from science professor Donald Kessler that the Martians' mission is a friendly one, but when a peaceful exchange ends in the total annihilation of the U.S. Congress, military (laughs) men call for a full-scale nuclear retaliation. Eric, when did you first see uh, Mars Attacks? So I remember watching this as a kid, probably the year it came out. I don't think I saw it in theaters, um, but that was the last time. Right? It was at nineteen ninety six. It was December thirteenth of nineteen ninety six. Is right at the end of the year. Yeah, this would have been ninety seven when I finally saw it. Um, and you know, I really enjoyed it at the time, but I was also ten. <laughs> yep and that was also the last time i watched it until yesterday really and oh man what a difference that makes (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and uh mike what about you when did you first see this Uh, film i have to tell you my first viewing of this movie is the ideal viewing experience down to my age i was either 11 or 12 and the first time i watched it i me and my friends were camping in my backyard oh that's cool we, we had a big tent and it was nighttime and we had a giant ass extension cord leading into our tent and a little tiny TV with a VCR, and yeah. we watched, and we gathered around this small little TV and watched Mars Attacks, and it was like the wildest movie I've ever seen at the time. <laughs> I had no idea how violent it was, how mean it is. Mm-hmm. This movie is so mean spirited. It is like surprising. a blockbuster. It's so mean. This yeah. movie, like, this is the most mean-spirited movie I've seen but next to Alien 3. Like this oh, one. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Why'd you bring that trauma? Yeah. And I'm, I'm talking about movies. When I say that, I mean I mean yeah. movies intended for a large audience, too, right. which is extra wild. Yeah. <laughs> like, they kill a, a sleeping dog at one point, and that's one of the least mean-spirited gags in this movie. Yeah. Everything everything cruel that happens is played for laughs. This yeah. movie expects you to be a sociopath. There is a lot of uh, I can't believe they just did that moments in the film which will which we will be touching on. Uh I saw this movie in theaters. I remember the trailer. I remember specific parts of the trailer and I remember uh, 
it was a weird year. And I think one of the reasons mm, why yeah. this movie didn't do so well is because a uh, the major blockbuster Independence Day came out earlier that year. Uh, which I remember all my friends had gone to go see, and it took me forever to finally go see Independence Day, but it was like the movie of the year. So we already had a alien invasion film that had some big name actors, which was big in action and did really well. And then all of a sudden we had Mars Attacks, which looked like a spoof uh, in a way of Independence Day or War of the Worlds or whatever. Uh, and and like you were getting the little quips in the trailer of, well, they ain't getting the TV and mm-hmm. just all the stupid little one liners uh, that go on throughout this film. And I remember going to theaters and watching it and I laughed, but it it wasn't what I expected <laughs> by, by any yeah. means. And, and also like I, they did. I fully when I saw this as a kid, it was just like, yeah, this is the spoof of Independence Day because they released so Independence too. Day and then the spoof. They This was a project that they had no clue Independence Day was happening when they oh, made yeah. it. Because yep. also, I, I don't I don't I don't think we brought it up yet. This movie is based on a trading card deck. That's right. <laughs> that I think it was from like the 80s or maybe the 70s. I don't know. But the whole thing it was there were a lot of decks like these like Garbage Pail Kids where they were just they were based entirely around being violent or gross or overly sexual. And they were just meant to, they were just like cards meant to freak people out. Right. When ultra like conservative ideals is like, here's an old lady getting her face blown off. Like it was, that, that's, that's what they were all about. And you can tell in this movie because so many scenes happened just because they were a trading card thing, right. <laughs> just because they were recreating what was on a trading card. And when you understand that so many of the most <laughs> baffling scenes make sense because they're yeah. like, like the opening. The uh-huh. opening of all the cows on fire and this Korean guy who you will never see again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it just happens, I'm assuming, I don't know much about the trading cards, I'm assuming because they were capturing an image from a, the trading cards of a bunch of cattle on fire. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that's why that scene's in there because otherwise it makes no fucking sense as no place in the movie. But also, that Korean guy sets up a thing for all the characters in the movie Every, most movies have mm. characters that go through set pieces right. that are part of the. But this movie, the characters <laughs> exist for the set pieces. Right. Every character exists to set up a set piece. We have a grandma, so there can be a grandma killing set piece. We have the Korean guy, so there can be the, the Korean cattle farm set piece. We have a Hick family, so there could be the aliens attack a trailer park. Every every character in this movie exists just so the aliens can be in a place and do a thing. Speaking Absolutely. Speaking of characters, uh, let's go through our cast, which you have sure. a lot. You have so many names uh, in in this cast that uh, I I wonder if it's if when they were approached of hey you want to do this stupid film and get killed. Uh, in some weird way. Um, in, yeah. In, in my notes, I stopped writing. Wait, Blank is in this fucking movie? Because that would be all the notes were. Yeah. So we have Jack Nicholson playing two people, which I didn't realize until oh, like partway through the second, my, my viewing this time. Uh, he plays U.S. That President James, James Dale. And then he also plays the skeevy new casino owner, Art Land, um, which... As as I'm watching art, I'm going. I know this actor. Where do I know right. him from? And Wait. finally, like halfway through, it's I was like, so God freaky. damn it! I'm an idiot." Wait, you didn't know that was Jack Nicholson? Not right away. <laughs> so, 
I figured it out like in his second scene. I was like, there's no way he's playing two characters. And I thought that maybe they were doing a weird time thing, like how Tarantino does sometimes. Or like, oh, this scene takes place earlier, but before he became the president. And then I was like, that doesn't make sense. Well, that <laughs> I, made... I was convinced that it was the president like trying to like cheat on his wife. <laughs> <laughs> it was like kind of an interesting subplot considering the rest of the movie was total trash but then it's like no they that's not even what they were doing so what the fuck were they doing uh we have glenn close playing the first lady marcia dale annette benning is barbara land pierce brosnan is professor donald kessler danny devito is a lawyer or a a-hole gambler danny devito is danny devito I'm yeah convinced pretty much. he wandered onto set and they just yes. left him in the movie yes yes yeah. Yeah, that he just hey he did Danny, one day of filming. Hey, Danny. <laughs> he was just at the casino they were filming in. Yeah, uh, we have uh, Martin Short as Jiminy Glick. I mean, press secretary Jerry Ross, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker as uh, Natalie Lake, Michael J. Fox as Jason Stone, Rod Steger as General Decker, Tom Jones as Tom Jones, yeah, uh, Lucas Haas as Richie Norris. He's the younger of the Trailer Park Boys. Uh, we have uh, Natalie Portman as Amidala. I mean, Taffy Dale, the um, <laughs> daughter of the president. Yeah. Jim Brown is Byron Williams. He's a retired boxing champ. Also, um, can I, I have to yes. cut in for one second? Amazing restraint by Tim Burton to not make Natalie Portman exactly just the girl from Beetlejuice. Because I, I can tell he wanted to. He wanted to. He's like, can I make her a little darker with more eyeshadow? <laughs> like, no, damn <laughs> it, I've done that. writer not available for this? <laughs> is she too <laughs> is old yeah, at this point? Probably. She is so close to being Win- Winona Ryder's character. So close. Mm-hmm. Well, if she was in the movie more, probably would have been. Yeah. <laughs> but she's surprisingly not in the movie that much. Um, yeah. Then we have uh, Sylvia Sidney as a grandma, Florence, who's crazy. Um, we have a slew of other people that really aren't that important. We do have a small, small part. Uh, of Jack Black playing Billy Glenn Norris, who is the older brother of the Trailer Park Boys. Um, And we also have Christina Applegate as Sharona, the Trailer Park lover of Billy and some guy later. (laughs) (laughs) We we have... That's right. I didn't didn't make that connection until you said it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. What else do we have? Um, We have Lisa Marie, who plays the Martian girl who Jerry hooks up with later. And of course, who was voicing everything from 1979 to the mid to late two thousands, Frank goddamn fucking Welker for all the voices of the Martians. Oh, amazing wow. job. It, which did he, he just does. Everything. Did he do one act? And then they just kept <laughs> repeating it. Like <laughs> Frank, could like you changing the fluctuation of it? Could yeah, you act, go act, into act. the studio and just, um, could you just say shit? <laughs> just squawk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is so weird. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, so we okay. We got to talk about this cast. It's an amazing cast. That's how a is this movie as bad as it is? Well, they completely wasted everyone. Eric, I can say just because you have good actors in a film does not mean film will be good. And True. we have seen that countless times throughout Hollywood's history, without a doubt. Um, but. Okay, so we should talk about the fact that this is a Tim Burton movie. This Tim, doesn't 
feel like a Tim Burton movie. Uh, at, at times, it, 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 it does, does for one scene. <laughs> yeah, it's <it's> like one <laughs> or two. Yeah. Tim Burton for me is um, he's hit or miss. Some mm. things I've watched and I really, I you know, I did enjoy some like Sleepy Hollow. I enjoy. Oh, not yeah. a Not a incredible movie, but it's highly it's entertaining. Though. Yeah. It is. It's a fun movie. Um, Super dark and very much his style. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Listen, when they go back in time and you see that the Headless Horseman is Christopher Walken, that's funnier than anything in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> By a it looks like Andrew watching. Jackson in that movie. It's terrifying. <laughs> Gives me nightmares just thinking about it. He can sometimes Tim Burton is great with being Tim Burton, and sometimes you get Batman Returns, and you go, <laughs> yeah. uh, Tim, they went a little too whoa, far with that whoa. one. I'm gonna have to stop you right there. Batman Returns <laughs> might be the best Batman movie ever made, oh, no. and I'll fight no, you on not, this. No, no, it's not. That movie rules. It is. The movie kicks. It's, this is why not, he should have been on our Batman season. It's Mike. not the worst. It's not the best. Zach, I'll fight you on this. <laughs> Frank Welker did all the voices of the Penguins. <laughs> there is no way. I almost believe you. I almost believe you. That's a gr- that's great. Um, so so Tim Burton directed it, right? And mm-hmm. uh, how do I put this? I like he had a string of hits prior to this, so I think people were really expecting something. I think that's how he was able to get the cast he did because they're like, oh yeah, new Tim Burton movie, fuck yeah, sign me up, and then we got this and I, I really blame it on the CG. I blame it on the studio. Do you have, do you know who, uh, who was creating the CGI and the special effects? Was it ILM? It was ILM. Wow. Yeah. They really shit the bed with this one. Uh, ILM needs to explain <laughs> that five seconds of the CGI dove. Cause that was straight out of beast wars. That was the worst <laughs> CGI. I think I've ever seen. It looks like a Microsoft like screensaver from 1995. Uh, l- listen, I actually, if you think of it as just a stylized cartoon and not something that's meant to look real, I think the animation of the Martians is really like ch- charming for most of the movie. I think they're There's... they're cool creatures, but it should have been yeah. practical. It should so, have been practical effects. They There's have some. They have some practical effects, like it's mostly yes. bodies. Uh, but I know uh, you can go into a bit more detail about it, Eric. But I know sure. the previous plan was to actually use stop motion animation. Yeah, but that did, and that was supposed to be supervised by Barry Perv, but that fell through due to budget limitations. So ILM did all the computer animation, which for the Martians works. You can tell it's a bit dated you can tell that all right this came out in 96 it looks uh, like it. there's there's far worse graphics like i think oh, sure. majority sure. of your of your talent uh, went to the martians but a lot of the other stuff like the dove um <laughs> the spaceships the unrolling of the ramps like simple things you look at and go that is a that's a cartoon it doesn't even look real Right. I feel like if they didn't go live action with it, if they decided to do it all CG, then this would have been this would have been the right choice, you know, because some of those those gags and stuff, some of the the comedy with those with the Martians uh, was pretty good. You know, that those are the best parts of the movie easily. Uh, But because they were trying to approach this like they were making an older like 50s B movie, Mm -hmm. um, 
like I feel like practical effects kind of were needed to sell that, you know, this needed to feel like a time capsule. And I also think they should have made it a period piece, you know, like <laughs> set it in the 50s, set it in the 60s. You know, I, I just felt like a lot was missing because of that. I'm so fucking torn on this movie. If I yeah. was a critic and I had to rate it on like a five star scale, <laughs> yeah. I think for just this review, I would just give a big question mark because I don't know. <laughs> That's I, pretty amazing. I have no idea if this it's, is a good or bad movie. Because it's I, baffling, man. Because I, I every time I watch this movie. I'm like, oh, that that joke really fell flat. Uh, that scene was pointless. Or why is that character there? But I always walk away like that was that was fun. <laughs> like I always am smiling at the end of it. And and I think it's because like the the visual gags are brilliant in this movie. There's, There's some so good ones good. for sure. Yeah, like uh, the visual gags are great, and the script is like it's not even a comedy script it's like there's so few jokes in this movie and the jokes the jokes that are there are so lazy yeah like like the look the old lady's dumb and losing her memory and see that i know that was played for laughs but i just thought it was sad honestly that's that's pretty much how it goes with the script of this movie (laughs) like I, i don't i don't get it like it's so the script is so bad, but like it's baffling bad. Like, yeah, but like it's like they took a script that has no jokes, but they're like, if we get good actors to just say the lines funny, it'll seem like a comedy. It's so it's so strange. It's like this isn't a joke, but just say it funny, and then and then you know it'll work, and it almost does sometimes. Yeah. Like that general, uh, that bloodthirsty general. I thought that was funny. That he he I, he got a couple of laughs out of me, I gotta admit. Because it was he was just such a caricature. You know, he was so over the top. A lot of a lot of the characters are playing caricatures of what you would have normally seen in the period yep. piece of the B movie alien invasion from the forties or fifties. So yeah. in a way it's like, all right, you did it in homage, but you took a unique way to parody that. And again, with Independence Day coming out earlier that year, I think that really confused people with going, what is this? You know, Mike being a good example of, oh, it's the parody. Uh, It's the spoof. Wait, no, it's not. Uh, It it, it cost 70 million to make. And mm-hmm. it made $101.4 million. So by their standards, it, it was unsuccessful and a failure. What also threw me way off and made me think it was a parody is that that Trailer Park family is yes. like exactly a bunch of characters in Independence Day. That's yes. the weirdest thing about this movie. It's a coincidence, and I didn't realize that. I always assumed it was a spoof, but these movies were made simultaneously. They had no idea that they were both making like a similar kind of movie, just very <laughs> yeah. different approaches. And it's so freaking weird how similar some of the things are. Of course, there's the tropes that they're both playing off of, but like the outfits some of them were wearing were like the exact same. And the fact that the president had a daughter, uh, like there was so many like little things that added up, you know, the yeah. uh, the family that was trying to get back together from across the country, like mm-hmm. all that stuff. All right. Well, let's let's weird. go through. We're going to go through the film here and there talking about some of it. I'm, we're not going to hit okay. all of, all of <laughs> the, Do we the have bits. To? We're not going to hit all of it. <laughs> We already talked about gotta like, relive this trauma already. We talked about the cold open because it's a fucking cold open with cows on fire that never yeah. comes up again. I nope. do have a note on that though. I do have a note on that. So the screenwriter, the original screenwriter, 
like the producers did not want to include that scene and they kept having him rewrite it and he kept including that scene <laughs> and he was he was almost like testing them and the guy apparently according to uh this article uh they were like if you put that scene in this next draft you're fired and he fucking put it in they fired his ass and then the guys that came in after him decided to leave it in <laughs> that's the story i don't know how true that is but that's what i read i just thought what that was really funny stand by god well, why so out of nowhere. <laughs> that was like that was like his one thing like if i'm writing this dumbass movie i want my cows on fire yeah <laughs> like, they, really, they were talking about how expensive it would be and <laughs> and really they just had a bunch of cows going down the road with CGI fire on their backs like yeah i don't know it's like yeah. it's not funny yeah it's, it's not good. it's it's dark and cruel <laughs> and it really sets the tone <laughs> makes it no, sets exact, no sense at all exactly it sets the tone for what we're about to watch <laughs> the, yeah you, you have all your cows run by they're on fire then the ufo takes off and then we have the opening crawl of all the ufos then that was the signal they yeah. they lit the fires of Gondor, and now all the Martians <laughs> are now invading Earth. Oh man, so, that's great. Uh, so then we got thousands of UFOs that are flying down. Um, then we meet, you know, the the presidential family. We're seeing grainy evidence, if you call it that, for 1996. The president's looking at it, going, "Oh." ufos uh and like america is right now it's like should should we tell people oh right. no yeah. they can't handle that's the this best part of the movie because that's true to life <laughs> so uh, you're prophetic that's what's happening right now right yeah. now and you've got uh you've got jerry who's the oh god uh jimmy glick is he press secretary you have mm. rosnan as the as the uh, professor, and they're all yeah. for, yeah, we should tell everybody, oh, the aliens are so sophisticated. Clearly, they're friendly <laughs> because reasons. And then you have the only sensible uh, person there, General Casey, who's Paul uh, Winfield. I don't think we, we mentioned him. He's yeah. the bloodthirsty general who's like, no, we should uh, set up defenses just in case. Um, and Jack Nicholson's like, no. We don't yeah. want to send the wrong <laughs> well, impression. Listen, I don't know if I call the general sensible. He does end up being mostly right, actually. Right. Compared <laughs> because... to the other people in the room, he is the sensible one. Which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, is the whole scary. Thing. Yeah, it is. Um, so, so the scenes like that, I really did enjoy. But I feel like the whole movie should have been that. It should have been a political drama. It should have been like burn after reading. Give this movie to the Coen brothers and it would be freaking amazing. You know, like that's the movie we should have gotten. Nah, <laughs> there is I'll, a good concept here. You know? When we were talking off mic earlier, I said that the ideal version of this movie is a 25 minute long short film that just all the alien attacking. <laughs> and I think that is the perfect version of Mars Attacks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I think the well, pacing we'll, is definitely an issue. We'll but. get. I mean, this is a short film too by today's standards. It's one hundred and six minutes. It felt really fucking long. This felt like longer really? than Oppenheimer. I, I thought you know, this, this is like flew by. It, it did. It flew. When I got to like the forty-five, fifty mark, and I went, I'm halfway through. Holy shit, this is awesome. Oh, it's torture. Maybe it's just because this this falls into a genre of film that I fucking love, which is he, yeah. creepy, creepy little freaks causing havoc. There that, aren't enough movies like that. If you haven't noticed, that's Mike's kink. Yeah, there's 
there's gremlins, there's critters, there's Mars attacks, and then you pretty much hit bedrock. I mean, there is. <laughs> I guess you could, yeah. I guess if you're desperate, you could also go creep. You could also go uh, clowns from outer space. What's it called? Uh, That's probably killer better clowns than this from movie. outer space. Yeah, killer clowns from outer space. That's what we should have watched. And if you want to go really deep below the bedrock, ghoulies. That's <laughs> then you're at the end of this genre. What about Attack of Killer Tomatoes? Ooh. Uh, ooh, okay. All right. I could be convinced. They of that. have their own theme song. It's true. That's Evidence. right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, wrong podcast. <laughs> Gonna have to put put in sound effects. <laughs> Tomato freak evidence. Oh yeah. Oh damn it! All right. So uh, we then jump over to we meet the rest of the president's family. Um, and then we jump over to Vegas where we meet Byron, who's working in a casino, uh, a Luxor to be exact. Yes. Yes. Which is a real place. Yeah. Um, then Fun we, uh, then we see that Jack Nicholson would like to make an announcement that, Hey, aliens are coming. And this is where we know this is fake because the government actually announces that aliens are coming. That's how we know <laughs> yeah. that this yeah. is not real <laughs> and nobody cares. Oh, it's not a documentary? Yeah, and it's funny because, like, ten years ago, I would have thought that was an unrealistic portrayal, but now that I see how people are reacting to, like, the UAP conference yeah. and everything, like, people really don't give a shit. They don't give a shit. Now, I get it to an extent because there's a lot of real-world terrestrial problems we got to deal with. Mm-hmm. Inflation and all that shit, you know, unemployment stuff. So I get it to an extent, but at the same time, it's like, if there's even a 1% chance that this is real, like, can we maybe take it fucking seriously for a second and see if... <laughs> what Sorry, I didn't mean I'd... to get off topic. <laughs> no, what I'd like to do is after we get through the movie, then we can have the real conversation. Oh, okay. That Let's was my that. plan at the end. So we'll Sounds get through fun. the bullshit of this fucking movie and then we'll have some fun <laughs> so uh so the president if says the yeah. aliens saw this movie they would fucking hate us this is why they don't want to talk to us it's you this racist movie. fucks <laughs> that's what yeah, they're thinking real. so is that what they think of us is that what they think probably, of us? really probably so after the president <laughs> makes the announcement we have um we have 007 going on tv uh to talk to um Sarah Jessica Parker and be like, hey, uh, yeah, there's aliens coming and they're friendly. And then very similar to Independence Day, the aliens are uh, taking over the satellites. Independence Day, they were using it to communicate the countdown. Here they're sending they're sending a message uh, and it, apparently it's being translated, but nobody understands what the hell it means. Uh, <laughs> So then we meet uh, our white trash family, which my my note here is white trash family is typical white trash. Mm, yeah, pretty well, much. There's pretty much nothing else to say. <laughs> I, well, I, I do got one note on that. Jack Black is in this movie. Yeah. Yes, and he he plays but, Billy Glenn Norris, the older brother of the White Trash uh, family. He's barely in this movie. He's in barely. two scenes. Here, Michael J. Was, Michael J. Fox is barely in this movie. And that yeah. is a well-known name by 1996. I was excited when I saw he was in this movie. I was so disappointed. It's like that... Liam Neeson in Battleship. Oh, boy. Yes. 
Yeah. Brian uh, Cranston uh, in Godzilla. Brian Cranston in Godzilla. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> that was the can selling I, point. <laughs> can I tell you that for as little as Jack Black was in this movie, he was one of the only characters to have a complete arc that made sense. Yeah. <laughs> so that was yeah. like, yeah. oh, okay. Absolutely. They set something up and it paid off and then that was a whole story. And he's dead. He, he's, he's assembling the rifle blindfolded when you first meet him and you're like, wow, <laughs> this guy's be a great soldier. And then the first second he starts, he runs to like fight an alien. The rifle falls apart and he gets killed. That's yep. that's a good joke. That's a pretty good joke. Mm-hmm. And that an actual good arc. Uh, yeah. Good job, Mars Attacks, for fucking for this one character. Was this his first movie? This must have been early on, right? No. No, no, no. His first acting job was a television commercial at the age of 13 for the video game Pitfall. Oh, wait. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't uh, know that, but I forgot he was in freaking Neverending Story three. He was also which... in X Files. Yes, he was. He was in. He was. He had <gasps> small. He was in X Files. He was in Life Goes really On, Northern that. Exposure, Picket Fences, The Golden uh, Palace. Um, he was in quite a few. Okay. Okay. My so bad. He, he was around doing things and, and stuff, and still giving it one hundred percent in everything <sighs> he does. God bless Jack Black. Yeah, yeah, that guy, that guy's awesome. So something that you know, I'm sure they didn't see, um, still also being relevant and not tracking well. Uh, the president goes to his press conference, and they're talking about the aliens, and then he gets an adro- uh, a dread. I'm fucking up my own writing here. Androgynous. There we go. Androgynous individual oh. asking it why the Martians have two sexes, why we do, and then yeah. you get that look. And like, well, that's that's tracking now too. Yeah. Thanks. I was like, oh, that was supposed to be funny. Okay. The first time uh-huh. I saw that scene, I'm like, wow, that was incredibly transphobic. Having the 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 Androgynous character stand up and be like, do the Martians have two sexes with like a clearly like uh, androgynous female with like a weirdly fluctuating voice? But also, now now I'm watching it this time, and I'm like, or was this? Oddly progressive. <laughs> oddly, was yeah, this I mean, an oddly yep. progressive statement yeah. on gender being a spectrum? Because <laughs> she asks, "Do the Martians have two sexes?" Suddenly concerned about male and female. And, 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 I and, don't see that. I don't as think that's progressive. what they were going for. Uh, but, they yeah. were they were going for jokey. They were yeah. going. This is funny. That you was know. pretty low, low, bro. Well, low. it's uh, it's on par with you know, yeah. hey, it's Pat and other things of the time yeah. that, that yes it was decades ago at this point right we're old we're old as fuck <laughs> we're fossils uh then we meet art who's the new creepy convenient uh casino owner also um you know nicholson um he tries to recruit byron who's the four we establish as byron here is a former heavyweight champion why is this character in the movie uh, he for might family, have been my favorite character. Family honestly. values. <laughs> oh, family values. Family values. Because I could have sworn he was in the movie just because they so, wanted a scene where someone boxes an alien. And that too. <laughs> that too. But this actually felt like a dig at Roland Emmerich. Even though this isn't a spoof of Independence Day, Roland Emmerich always has a character like this in his movies. So I don't know. 
Yeah, again, if I was watching this as a spoof, I'd be like, oh, that's a spoof on Will Smith's Right, character. trying to get back to his family or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. And also the scene where, like, his wife goes and, like, yells at it, or stops the her bus. She's driving a bus. She's a bus driver. Yep. And she, she <laughs> slams on the brakes and goes and yells at her kids who are skipping school to play at the arcade and then drags them oh. by their ears into the bus. Oh, it's, ch- every- it's Chekhov's video game. Yeah, and then everyone oh, yeah. on the, everyone on the bus claps for her because she's such a super mom. I'm like, what is this a Reddit story? What the fuck? Everyone's yeah. clapping. That, that, again, yeah. sign of the time where it's like, all right, your your kids are skipping school. Way way to physically drag them onto the bus and throw them into their seats. Also, did I miss it? There there was a payoff to the video game gag. Did there I? There is. Did I miss we'll, that? We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that. But yeah, that, that yeah. Was, okay. So that's why the kids. So exist. the kids. Once the, the kids have an arc. Okay. So the Martians end up sending coordinates uh, to the United States, and the president's like, ah, well, we need to go meet them. So he sends his most inept general, General oh, Casey, I- not the general, uh, not uh, the general who actually wants to um, nuke them all. Yeah, nuke them all. Decker, <laughs> I think. Oh, uh, yeah. Decker's the one who wants to nuke them all. Casey is the inept one. And then, so he gets a brilliant idea of, well, let's invite all the media, all the civilians. Let's bring them all in. It'll be fine. I have so many questions about this scene, though. Well, um, oh, before up? we move on, one of the one of the like few non-visual gags that I think actually works in the movie is a running joke about the bad translator they create. Yes, this yes. is a scene where they're translating the Martian's message, and he's like, "For dark is the way that mows the harvest." That's that's actually really funny. Me and my <laughs> friends used to quote that line all the time. Yeah, they all look around, and go, "What the hell does that mean?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, if you can call it yeah. a spoken gag instead of a visual gag, I love the aliens' language. I love that just. Da, 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 da. I love it's that like just, one word, yeah. It's because ack over and over again. Because the aliens are just meant to be so fucking irredeemable and terrible. I love that it even goes down to their language. Even their language sounds like <laughs> shit. Mm-hmm. Their language is just awful. Yeah. Everything about them, they just suck. I yeah. love it. That's pretty good. <laughs> So we have the aliens land, and this is where this is where I'm going. Wow, the 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 special effects looks pretty bad for the ships when they're landing. Martians again, okay, it's all right, uh, but yeah. you, it looked fine on an eight inch CRT TV. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've seen better ninety six graphics. I've seen worse ninety six graphics. I've seen mm-hmm. worse two thousand ten graphics. Yeah. Oh yeah. When I was oh, a yeah. kid watching it on that tiny TV in my tent, I thought that dove was a real dove. That's how bad it fucking yeah. looked. <laughs> <laughs> so the ge- the general goes to shake their hand, and they don't. They do the little circle and then the dot at the top yeah, which nobody the international knows what, sign for the donut yeah which nobody <laughs> knows what it means so he does that too and then uh, they have the translator there which is not working as well and you get the awkward pause as the ambassador acts 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 a little bit and then it says we come in peace and then we get the dove which <laughs> that is 
that's the best Again, part. One yeah. of the funniest scenes in this whole fucking movie is when the hippie guy's just like, they're coming peace. There are so many scenes in this movie where out of that. Yeah. There are so many scenes in this movie where they're just animals for no reason. That that they made it made me right, laugh every especially time. Especially towards the end. Like, <laughs> what? This is not a Disney movie. Like, <laughs> little, little trivia. Fucking Bambi shows up. Sorry. Little trivia. The guy, the hippie who sets loose the dove is Josh Weinstein, who's a writer for The Simpsons. Oh, oh good man. Wow. Okay, cool. You nailed it. That's great. He knew the kind of movie we were in. Yeah, he, he should have wrote this movie. He probably would have been better. Would have been better. Would have been a lot better. So then the dove flies out, and the ambassador says, "Well, fuck it," and just shoots it, and then start, and then they start shooting everybody. Casey yep. is melted. Uh, they're shooting civilians, and uh, I believe General Decker is there, but he's just like hanging out in back. Uh, and he's just at the tank. So then they all open fire, doing fuck all to the aliens. This movie, especially if you're a kid, the violence is fucking gnarly. Oh, it's oh, a PG-13 yeah. it movie. Melting, mm-hmm. melting people, like uh, like everybody's melting. It's just leaving skeletons, and it, they're either orange or green, because the Martians <laughs> have two, type of lasers. Two, uh, two different lasers. Uh, <laughs> I think they're red or green. Let's have a debate like the dress <laughs> that uh, tore yes. down the internet for a while. I did like the sound effect. Yes. The sound effects are great. Yeah. Everything I mean, that's not dialogue in this movie is killer. Yeah. <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> Michael J. Fox and Sarah Jessica Parker are there who know each other, but I, I couldn't tell if they were in a relationship or like not. But yeah, they, it seems like they share an apartment at one point. Yeah. So, but, but nothing else alludes to them having right. a relationship. He's like surprised to see her there and like yeah, and, and they weird. work for different news companies. Um and so at one point they're all their shit all blows up and he's reaching for uh Nat- Natalie and then she's reaching for him and all of a sudden uh Jason, Michael J. Fox is gone. It's just his hand because he got melted. So boom. First big Which name gone. It doesn't make any sense because we see that they they get completely uh, vaporized when they get hit by these things, but then it oh. left his hand that if one time. It fell apart from the skeleton. Reasons? No, the, yeah. the skeleton was oh. there. Oh, okay. If, gotcha. If, there, if there's one thing in this movie that I don't mind, it's when it doesn't make sense. <laughs> which, which is most yeah. of this movie. Uh, so they continue, aliens continue just fucking everything up. One Martian is killed. They uh, abscond with Sarah Jessica Parker. They, they abduct her and then they take off. So then Pierce Brosnan, who was hanging out with, with the president back at the White House, is like, hmm, must have been some sort of miscommunication. <laughs> <laughs> yes, understatement of the century. I love his pipe, by the way. Yes. He, General Decker is going, we need to attack it. We need to respond. <laughs> but fucking James Bond is too gung-ho. Be like, no, wait, no, let's make yeah, sure. I mean, you know, they shot a dove at first. They may not, they may not have, uh, it's like, you know, birds on their planet. Uh, also, we how many ta- Xanax did he take? Like- <laughs> <laughs> also, we should talk a little bit for just for those who haven't seen the movie about how fucking good the Martian design is. I love the design of the Martians. It's where they they have a little skeleton face with a huge yeah. brain and those goofy green those goofy it green flaps. suits. Yeah, yeah and they have yeah, little the things. gross jowls, the gross flappy yeah. jowls. I love the Martian. No eyelids. Their eyes are like popped out. Like it's weird. No, they're, so, they're so good. I love and them. So that design is 
directly from the cards. Uh, if you look at some of the art, some of it's actually really good. They look like painted and I'm stuff. I'm going to have to look up the cards afterwards. Yeah. Oh, like the cards are gorgeous. Yeah, they're awesome. I kind of want some. Uh, quick note about that. The original idea, there was two different card decks. One of them was Dinosaur Attacks, and one of them was Mars Attacks. And they originally yes. were going to do a dinosaur movie, but they were like, oh, shit, Jurassic, Jurassic Park's Park already just came out. Yep. <laughs> and little did they know Independence Day was coming out, but they decided to go with <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> and uh, the it's so the story of how this movie uh, got started just cracks me up because Tim Burton was getting stoned with the screenwriter and looking at these <laughs> cards, watching Towering Inferno and laughing at it. They're like, man, this movie's awful. <laughs> Let's make something like this. That's that's how this movie got started. And I, I think it would have worked if they had gone practical with the stop motion. It yeah. I think it would have uh like Burton helped, wanted. I think it would have helped with solidifying this as a this is a spoof of a B-rated like old time movie. Yeah. Yes. I, but, I think they went too far with what I really think thinking about it, I feel like they just wrote a straight up 50 style corny alien invasion script and we'll like we'll we'll play it for laughs the laugh will come from the laughs will come from overacting the ridiculousness yeah yeah. and the goofy accents Mm -hmm. and just way overplaying it but they fucked it up by occasionally writing a joke (laughs) it just just ends up feeling (laughs) confused and weird yeah maybe that is the issue with it it's like pick a lane you know (laughs) yeah this movie cannot pick a lane like be austin powers or be you know yeah yeah. oh there's another series yeah (laughs) oh oh, no coming soon to podcast i I, I might have to join that one (laughs) i like how i name a movie every time i name a movie someone's like oh i may have to come back for that (laughs) you're right that exists (laughs) yeah uh so next uh next up president is taking uh the professor's whatever uh, uh recommendations like oh well let's reach back out about this cultural misunderstanding <laughs> we know we learned that the martians walk around in their underwear that is one of my favorite visual gags of the movie. They walk around They're in their speedos, speedos yeah. which are pointless because you find out in like maybe the next scene when they're doing an alien autopsy that they have no dicks. They have no <laughs> genitalia. Mm-hmm. And yet yeah. they're they're grossly horny. Another thing to make them absolutely which, irredeemable. Which we find out in this exact scene because yeah. the leader is looking at a playboy, which did still yeah. exist at the time. And mm. we see that he's got Sarah Jessica Parker and he like turns to her and his jowls and everything gets all horny when he's looking at her. <laughs> yeah, that's that gif. I had no idea that was that mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. You know, that, that is, adds a whole new level of context and it's disturbing. <laughs> I'm going to have nightmares tonight. <laughs> uh, let's see. Then they did the autopsy where they discovered it. it's like, ah, they these these guys don't fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, we see that the Martians have. Uh, then we're back on the ship. We we see that they're doing experiments with Sarah Jessica Parker. They also took her her dog, and they put the dog's head on her body, and yeah, they're putting uh, her happened. head <laughs> is is in like a whatever one of the the bowls from Futurama with the floating heads in it. Yeah, this is yeah. one of one of the many scenes in this movie where I was imagining people leaving the theater. 
when they when she walks in on the chihuahua and on her corpse on her like corpse, I'm like, okay, I can just I can hear the footsteps of people leaving the theater. At this point, you know what you're in for. Exactly. Yeah. You're yeah. you either you just double down at this point or you right. leave. Yeah. <laughs> so the Martians then respond to the president and they apologize for the cultural misunderstanding. They would like to speak to the other leaders. <laughs> Bring them on in. What could go wrong? So the ship sets down in DC. Uh, I, I love what one of the best visual gags is the soldiers holding up signs. One says no applause, yeah, and then no it applause. flies over to a person <laughs> saying a sign that says no birds. No birds. Yeah. Great. That was pretty good. Yeah, we can't. Well, again, goes to Independence Day of we're asking the police to not fire their guns at the alien spaceship. We don't want to set off an internet uh, an interstellar incident or yeah. something like that. So again, we get horrible CG of the ships. Um, the, the Martians come in to meet Congress. They're allowed to carry guns for some reason. I'm sure it'll be fine. And then they begin killing everybody in Congress. Military opens fire, does fuck all again to the Martians. 007 is taken uh, hostage this time. The president apologizes to General Decker. And th- this is part, I like this part. Because then the general's like, ha! Huh, Thank you, Mr. President. Here's here. Sign this. And the president's like, what's this? <laughs> well, this allows us to use our nuclear arsenal. And the and Jack Nicholson looks at him and like, what? What? No. What do you, you think? I'm mad. I, I don't want to start a war. We're already at war. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> they it's attacked so... us twice freaking over the top. They destroyed it... all of Congress. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, good for them, but, you know. <laughs> so back in the alien spaceship, we see that um, that the doctor has had his head uh, torn. His body's torn apart. And they're not just, like, putting his head on a dog or anything. Dude, the way they have his neck dripping, his dripping blood, blood is so over the top. This movie yeah. is so grotesque. But he's, like, talking like normal. Like, yep. it doesn't affect his him. Brain, his brain still, well, it had, like, a collar around it. Yeah, it's, and some It's itchy and scratchy. It's yep. yeah. itchy and scratchy it's, cartoon. Yeah. Again, this should have been animated, you know? <laughs> and then, well, then also we have Natalie on the dog's body. And mm-hmm. she comes over to, like, that was start talking visual. to him. Oh, the, the CGI there is definitely, ugh. It's, it's rough. Uh, but then they was start flirting. Was this a Taco Bell tie-in? I feel like this is a Taco Bell tie-in. <laughs> like a really weird one that they'd like us all to forget about. Taco Bell doesn't own chihuahuas, okay? <laughs> so then we meet our our mysterious woman who's dropped off by a bus outside the White House. It's completely inconspicuous. She's fine. Yeah. And uh, we already established earlier in the film that uh, that Martin Short, the press secretary, is a bit of a horn dog because we saw yeah. him uh, talking to some um, ladies of the night earlier in the film. The ladies of the night. <laughs> in broad of the daylight. Night. In broad daylight. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So then he he pulls up in the limo where he's coming from. I don't know. He's like, oh, hey, you want to come into the White House? And I'll give you a It's tour. like right over there. It's yeah, so and he puts the fucking window and has like, look through my, li- win- my window, my limo. You can see it. Oh, man. <laughs> So the I was weird... really hoping she would eat his face or something weird like that, you know? He gets it pretty bad. 
<laughs> does get weird, but not in the way I had hoped. So our weird roller skating woman, um, you know, follows him to the White House, and one of our um, Mitch, I think, is our Secret Service guy that we keep seeing everywhere. Uh, Brian Haley, he's like, oh yeah, 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 sure, come on in, uh, Jerry, and like notices it's like, oh, he's bringing in another um, woman. Okay, great. Like the okay, the look of her, like. She like something's weird, right? Like if you saw what this, the, what the roller skating where she like well, walks she's like and then like glides, like her arms are like freaking Squidward. <laughs> I, I, have to, I have to say, I think that this scene with the alien woman is the is like a ten out of ten from beginning to end. I think it's like the only time the movie is perfect. It, besides the, the the martial attack scenes, this whole scene is so good. The way she moves, the physical acting is great. Well, when, the when, practical effects sell it. Oh yeah, when Mar- when Martin Short Cheesy like is like fuck. when Martin Short like opens the statue's head and presses a button and goes to the secret White House sex pad. The JFK like, room. Yeah, no, the, the Kennedy room. Yeah, it's like this, this is the Kennedy room, and like <laughs> it's shot so well. That scene where they're looking at each other through the fish tank. It's yeah. like genuinely beautiful cinematography. That was good cinematography. Reminded me like, of uh, Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> and, and like the whole thing where he's like, let me get that gum out of your mouth. Yeah, because she's she... consistently chewing gum and hasn't said shit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she bites his finger off and like spits it in the fish tank. You see the fish nibbling at the flesh of the finger. That, this whole scene is so good. And yeah. it, she, it, it's like perfect. She picks up a statue of some some kind and co- kills him, concaves his head, uh, and he just lays down on the floor, eyes open. So we're taking it that he's dead. We don't see him again. So then um, the Martian uh, breaks into the president's bedroom, uh, attempts to kill him, but the dog wakes up and just the, the Martian turns and just <laughs> melts the dog. Yep. The, the next yeah. part where people walked out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like that was kind of <laughs> shocking. Yeah, it's the second animal to die, but you know, wasn't made of CGI. Well, unless we count the cows, that was a shit ton of animals. We don't know that, that, we don't uh... know that they died. They ran by still alive. We didn't see them die, so unless yeah, we saw them die on screen, they didn't and die. Didn't and and if you aren't that attached to dogs, don't worry, a parakeet gets fucking blown to bits in like the next five minutes. Hopefully you hate all animals if you see this movie. So Yeah. Yeah, so then uh, And see- children and old people. Yeah. <laughs> Secret, <laughs> Secret Service comes in. Um, the alien, instead of killing the president, like just takes him hostage. And then when he gets into the other room, as Mike said, the parakeet flips out. The Martian, who I, I, I don't know if they were just like another animal or fuck a bird or whatever. <laughs> yeah, what is it about birds? Yeah, I don't know. But she goes to shoot the parakeet. <laughs> explodes. The parakeet <laughs> yeah. explodes. Like feathers everywhere. Everywhere. And then uh Secret Service opened fire on on the Martian who had removed uh, the mask at this point. You could see the Martian was underneath. And oh, God. I forgot to mention the part where she bites off my, Martin Short's finger and like part her of her mask flesh gets rips torn. Off, yeah. And you see those like that was horrible cool. skull teeth. God, that whole scene, this whole scene is so good. Yeah. Well, also, this... she's got she's got a ring, a spy ring that's yeah, literally an eyeball, eyeball that's it's... transmitting up to the spaceship, and the ambassador, or and uh, no, the leader is watching all of it, and then the leader sees 
the the Martian get killed, and this enrages him, so he punches another Martian. <laughs> just to, it's not this guy's fault. He's just literally standing there operating the TV for the leader, and the leader's like, <laughs> like fucking Castro, fuck this, and hits the guy, <laughs> and then and then starts a full scale invasion. Yeah. So scientists then discover that the gum the gum element that was being chewed on was concentrated nitrogen so that they could breathe in our atmosphere which oh, which I was that line. which i then went oh they're somehow gonna beat them by making them breathe oxygen just like uh, you know the uh, you know any uh, any of the old movies where oh shit we're the worlds they get yeah. exposed to you know bacteria germs. and germs and shit and they all die that's what we're gonna do because clearly they can't survive in oxygen. Nope, no. doesn't come up again. No, this isn't a normal movie where you have a setup and payoff. <laughs> this is, that is not how things work in Mars Attacks. Well, yeah. actually, we will. Mm, a little bit. Uh, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. So then uh, during the invasion, uh, they try to evacuate the president. Uh, they, t- I, I also love this bit. They've established that earlier the president's daughter tried to go through a certain room for like breakfast or something. And they're like, I'm sorry, ma'am, you can't go that way. A tour is currently oh, happening. Yeah. So then they're getting the president out and they're like, quick, let's go this way. No, you can't. There's a tour going on. So then they just leave the civilians for the tour <laughs> and get the president out the other way, uh, which we see the two kids of Byron and, uh, and his wife are for some reason at the white house. And I forget why, I know they said that they were going, but I forget why they were going. A school trip, maybe? Mm. Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> they had an idea for a set piece. Well, anyways, while while the kids are there and the tour is going on, aliens invade. And this is where the payoff of the kids playing the video game happens because a Martian is killed in front of them by Secret Service. They each pick up alien guns and they begin blasting aliens. Oh, I, I totally cool. forgot about that. So, yeah, that was your payoff. And then we lose Glenn Close. She is crushed by uh, one of the past first lady chandeliers. <laughs> I love how yeah. just every time horrible things happen and people die, just the, another Jack Nicholson reaction scene, which is just oh. always so good. He's always just like, oh, <laughs> like he's so desensitized. He, Jack Nicholson mirrors the audience reaction of being desensitized to violence to this movie. Yeah. It's so good. I will say, I think Nicholson's both the best and worst actor in this movie. Because, oh, like, yeah. yes. his scenes as the president are great. His scenes as the other guy as are, Arch pretty, are pretty terrible. Cringe. I don't know why yeah. they, I, I don't know why he did I both. I just don't get it. Did I he don't want get to it. do both? Did they lose somebody? And then he's I, like, that's probably hey, what happened. I can do right? two people. Yeah. <laughs> I can be crazy and creepy. I'll just do a different voice. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like Nick Cage, like, stole Jack Nicholson's face and played (laughs) that character in this movie. This face off the sequel? Right. (laughs) Yeah, if they were going to get another 90s actor in here, he would have been perfect for that role. Oh, he would have been amazing in this. This movie's made for him. Uh, speaking of Nicholson, we then go to Art, who's pitching the the whole Galaxy Casino uh, thing to these investors, and they're all killed. Yeah, 
We get a uh, with just why was Art in this movie? Why was he in this? I don't. They well, just I, needed a character in the cool tower they were going to explode later. I think That's we we needed much it, yeah we needed it's a set piece. Uh, well, Annette Benning is Barbara, who is friends with Byron, and mm. Barbara was Art's wife or significant yeah, other or something you didn't have to make you didn't like need to introduce her that way she could have been a waitress right like there's no there's no reason for her to be that's there. true that's true we do have we do have that salma hayek lookalike who's following byron everywhere yeah. who who has no purpose in the movie none yeah. whatsoever other than having big bazongas other, there, right? other than at one point going, no, Byron, I'm not going to leave you. And he's like, God damn it, woman, go away. And she's like, okay. <laughs> I have a set piece to be in. Now, <laughs> Fox and that, aliens. <laughs> as pointless as his character was, though, that, that part where the building's getting demolished was actually pretty cool. Uh, as far as like a cheesy, bad-looking effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll- all of the alien destruction scenes are so good. Like when they're when they're they throw the giant bowling ball to knock oh down the God, Easter Island yeah. heads yeah. and like <laughs> and uh uh what's that what's the name of that monument that they're they're po- doing a group photo in front Rushmore. of as they blow up? Oh no, oh, no, no the, was that uh, the Taj Mahal? The Taj Mahal. The Taj Mahal. Yeah. They 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 deface Mount Rushmore to make it all Martian faces. Yeah. And my favorite when they knock over the Washington Monument and yes. and Cub Scouts are running away from funny. it and the UFO adjusts <laughs> it so that it falls on them and crushes the children, mm-hmm. which is so fucking funny. It's really dark. That, I wasn't it's like, that. If yeah. you're still watching the movie at this point you find that funny just, yeah. just admit well, you find it funny <laughs> it was kind of a chore to get to this point but once that stuff starts happening it does become pretty entertaining like if you could just your brain's turned off at this point and you're just like uh, uh. <laughs> you know, like, i'm on a contact high i'm not doing yeah, anything exactly uh so let's see we're in vegas now so uh we get a tom jones cameo uh, then Mar- uh, the Martians crash the show. He becomes a full-on character as much as right. anyone else. He does. That was good. Okay, for, I, I'll for give the, that. Yeah. For the final, for the final bit of the film, Tom Jones actually is kind of he. He has a part and a purpose in this film. So the Martians crash. They take over the. I don't know if he has a purpose. He has a part. <laughs> no, he does. He's the pilot. <laughs> Yeah. I guess that's true. They needed yeah. a pilot. Like they do. Tom Jones, of course. So uh, uh, Tom Jones runs away. Uh, he runs into Byron, and then we see Danny DeVito. Byron knocks out a Martian with one punch because, well, former boxer. Tom mm-hmm. Jones conveniently knows how to fly a plane. Barbara also has plane. So here, <laughs> here's our next plot. Mm-hmm. I love when, uh, is that her name? Uh, Art's wife? Is Barbara. Uh, yes. I love when she walks in. She's like, we need someone who has a plane. And Byron's like, your husband Art. He's like, no, he, she's like, no, he's dead. And just so casually, <laughs> she just, no, he, he died. <laughs> oh, and Bar- Barbara wants to go to the caves in like Tahoe or something. And she's got a plane loaded with supplies. She just mm-hmm. needs a pilot. So now that we have a pilot, uh, you know, Martians are running around everywhere. Another good bit. They've got the translating computer telling people not to run. They are their friends while literally, <laughs> literally blowing up everything and killing yeah. people. Yeah, I love the running gag with the translator. Oh, that reminds me, I think one of the best jokes in this movie, and it doesn't make this movie good. This movie's fucking terrible. Hey, 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 I spoilers, really... come on. I really loved this one scene where they cut to France 
and like they're they're doing like it's like after the after congress has been evaporated right yeah they're we're like, we're getting to that point there oh, there's a part, oh, there's a there's okay. a part where the president is going downhill right okay we'll get to that sorry so it's actually the, it's actually the very next scene that the that <laughs> The president is looking very defeated, sitting in his bunker. He receives a call from the president of France, and he's That's like, hey, good news. They're here with a peace treaty. And you see Jack Nicholson go, no, get out of there. And immediately <laughs> the Martians are melting everybody. The best <laughs> part is great. The best part about it, though, if you're watching like what the Martians are doing in the scene in the background, when the scene starts, they're literally going through the motions of signing this peace treaty. Yep. Like, <laughs> they fucking like went through all the motions. They did it. And then they start firing. The, Marsh, the Martians are grade A assholes. That's what you've yeah. learned throughout this entire movie. And we see the Eiffel Tower melting in the background. I like then you just see Jack Nicholson's face just continue to go, oh. Yeah. <laughs> He's got good Nixon energy in this. He melts down to his desk. So finally, the president authorizes nuclear we- weapons, which they fire a single like nuclear weapon. Late. Yeah, which is sucked up into a balloon and then is inhaled like helium by the Martian leader. It's so Looney Tunes at that point. Yes, I, like, I love that. That's my favorite joke of the movie. You don't, <laughs> yeah. If you don't acknowledge gravity, gravity has no power over you. The rule mm-hmm. of Looney Tunes. Yep. <laughs> Where they're like, they suck it in, and they're like, da, 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 da. like <laughs> so then it's a high pitch. <laughs> Yeah. When I was a kid, I laughed so hard at that. I think snot came out of my nose. <laughs> like, if you're a 12 year old, this movie rules. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, that's the target audience. They just didn't know it. <laughs> so then we get this is where we get the montage that you guys touched on the Martians going all over the world. Ah, all yes. these, uh, and this was great. Like the montage is oh, stuff. Yeah. Awesome. That's hilarious. Again, it feels like a blatant like spoof of independence day at that point, because of course that was a big thing in that movie with the monuments getting destroyed. And it's like, let's up that joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's go bowling like, on Easter Island yeah, <laughs> and get a strike and then go. Yeah. yeah you know, so this is, crazy. this is the shit you do when you're invading earth. Mm-hmm. So got to hit all those hot spots, all those tourist traps. <laughs> so Richie, uh, our remaining trailer park boy, uh, showed back up at you know earlier and saw his parents and his parents. Uh, uh, he Richie's got a good relationship with his grandmother, who is in um, an old folks' home, and so aliens right. are invading. He's like, right, we should go get grandma, and his dad's like, hell, she's already out to space already, and so. <laughs> <laughs> so Richie's like, no, I'm going to go get grandma because she's actually nice and sensible. He takes off to go get grandma. Uh, I think this is where we get uh, Christina Applegate hooking up with the other guy and the giant mech shows up and attacks the trailer park. Yeah. And yeah. The, the horny aliens again. The horny Why are they so with, horny? They have with, no dicks. Yeah, they have windshield wipers. wipers. Because <laughs> they start fogging up their masks. Again, I just love that they're, the, the Martians are so irredeemable. They're also sex perverts. Anything to make them just terrible. <laughs> yep. Anything to degrade, make them look awful. So Richie takes off the mech, kills his parents, and uh, probably Christina Applegate. Which is too bad. And then yeah. it makes suit uh, or it gives chase. 
J.D. DeVito. I love the design of that mech, by the way. Yes. The design of the robot rules. <laughs> Danny DeVito, he, he's like, fuck it. I'm going off by myself. Runs into a Martian. He's like, oh, God, don't shoot. You're going to need a lawyer because reasons. <laughs> and the and the Martian just fucking melts him and do, then does Clint Eastwood pistol gun move. <laughs> <laughs> just for because. Just, just because. because. And, yeah. then, and then Barbara shows up and kills the Martian. I also, just because, somehow wrestled the gun away from Byron because Byron shows up like, God damn it, Barbara, give me the gun. And then they just leave. And she's like, oh, I really like that guy. So <laughs> reading the bu- Danny DeVito is great. He's always great. He's great in this movie. And I wish the movie had more of him. But reading the behind the scenes stuff with him, he had so much fun making this movie and like hanging out with he Tom Jones. He didn't do much. He no, was he only was, in it, bro. Barely two, in it. Two, two <laughs> scenes. He said three. we were just like hanging out in Vegas. <laughs> like, can, I, can I ask you a question? No. Sure. Why the fuck didn't they consolidate and just like make Danny DeVito, Danny DeVito's character and the second Jack right. Nicholson character the same guy? They should have. And just have, have Danny DeVito play him and yeah. give him a bigger role? <laughs> why, yeah. why? Why? Why they are there two separate him. people? Yeah, why they... did they need two like, like smarmy <laughs> gambling dudes? <laughs> why? Barbara, doesn't doesn't Art have a plane? He does, but he can't reach the pedals. Oh. Short <laughs> oh. Oh. Sure uh, joke. During that scene, though, like, apparently he dropped his pants, like, when he, like, put up his hands or whatever. I like, miss, when he gets I shot. I don't that. know if it made it. I don't know if it made it into the movie, but he was talking about that. Why? I don't know why interview. he would drop his pants. Why, that I guess like, it was has like, nothing to do with anything. I guess it was an in joke or something. Like, he just did it. He thought it would end up in the movie, but I guess they special effect over it. He just wanted to show it. Tim Burton his dick. <laughs> Tim Burton's reason. already seen his dick. He was like, he was in wow, Batman Returns. Wow, it really Returns. does look like a tuna can. <laughs> Again, right. the behind the scenes of this movie is funnier than the movie itself. Like, there's so many crazy things that happen on this set. <laughs> Danny, pull your pants back up. We know you're the <laughs> yeah, penguin. For real. You're not on a podcast. Uh, so now the martians are attacking the old folks home um and they have uh, this just random shit they have this giant laser that they're pushing down a hallway and they they, uh, position it right behind grandma I love how much pleasure the Martians take in going out of their way to be super extra like, with trying to kill one old lady. Over the <laughs> top. so terrible. They go over the top on so yeah. many different things. So they're like, and Here. again, t- talking about how uh, how fucking mean-spirited this movie is, the like the skeletons on fire in wheelchairs just going down, just the, going hallway. down the hallway. Yeah. God. God. This was made for white audiences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People went to see this with their kids. They did because uh, they didn't do research. My <laughs> yeah. God. So uh, while uh, as the Martians are about to kill Grandma, Richie shows up. Um, the, the mech is taken out by being clotheslined by uh, I think power lines, and then right when he shows up in the room, he screams Grandma, which Grandma then hears him over the yodeling that she's listening to through her RCA headphones and when she turns it unplugs the headphones which unleashes this yodeling into the air which then makes the Martians heads explode because they're so sensitive to the uh, I don't know sound waves of the yodeling, yodeling. yeah uh, so that, there was that no pays off yodeling? Yodeling? that pays off from <laughs> earlier 
uh, when he when Richie dropped Grandma off at the old folks' home, and they mm. heard the yodeling earlier. So oh, some was things the song set up. I, I didn't think it was, it was set up. It was. Yeah. It was set up because they uh, Richie even made reference to it, and I think looked at the album of Really, you listened to this, and she's like, she's like, Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Can, can I? Can I real quick write a better script? It'll take you five minutes. I think what she she should have been listening to was like a nature CD about bird song. And that's what makes their heads explode. That's why they hate hate birds. That's so much smarter. Tied together. Yeah. Yeah. There you (laughs) go. Actually, would have made sense. Mike fixed Tim Burton's mistake. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mike Burton is what we call you now. Don't call me that. Martian leader then uh, gets into the president's bunker. Uh, General Decker gives a speech, unloads with his two pistols, again, does fuck all to the Martians. That seems so frustrating because he like he like takes the time to have like a whole monologue before Mm -hmm. he starts firing. Yep. And And then he's but it didn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's Looney Tunes. Then he shrunk down to the size of a baby carrot, chucks the pistols at the leader (laughs) and is crushed. Yeah, this movie goes so much farther with its violence because, like, not only is he crushed, then a little pool of oh, blood you see the blood out. like come out. Oh, yeah. yeah, but but also before this happens, how the scene opens where they throw what looks like a bomb into the room and it ends up being a snow globe, yeah, a little gross mm. alien fetus inside of it, <laughs> and they laugh <laughs> no, about another, it and then they chuck really it behind them. Visual. Yeah, because they're also just they're little stinkers. They're little. <laughs> they, mm-hmm. they all just they love pranks. Yep, yeah. <laughs> which gotcha. is another reason to hate them. If these exactly. Martians would, were real, they would have a prank YouTube channel with like them doing soy faces <laughs> in front of like which monuments, and everyone would hate them. Lots well, that- of people getting hit in the balls for sure. <laughs> so this tra- this transitions uh, with continuing to be a little shit into continuing this scene where they shoot everybody. Mitch dies, our Secret Service agent. Everyone's dead except the president, and then Nicholson delivers a hell of a speech. Yeah. He monologues and yeah. appears to have an effect on the leader. Leader actually cries. Yeah. Again, as if you're watching this and you think it's a spoof, you're like, oh, this is a spoof of the president's famous speech from yes. Independence Day that exactly. made everyone cry. Yeah. So the 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 leader of the Martians puts out his hand and the president shakes his hand and then it, it crawls around him like thing, pierces him from the back, and the president's dead. Which then springs up into a flag, which yeah. is the circle symbol with a dot in the triangle, which they've been making the entire time. So yeah, yeah. everything all, they've been saying is the Martian flag. Yeah, yeah, which all the Martians salute. Yeah, that, that that's kind of a great scene. It is. Yeah, and then you just leave them there. Like, cool. Off we go. That's the whole point of all of this. They're just planting their flag on our planet. And they don't give a fuck. This movie is total anarchy. This might, this is, besides like Gremlins 2, I've never seen a movie that captures complete anarchy better. Because no. you're like, you're like, surely at least one Jack Nicholson character will live. Nope. <laughs> no. Jack Nicholson was version one, or version, it was vanilla Sean Bean. 
(laughs) (laughs) So Richie and Grandma, they're driving around uh, yodeling coming from loudspeakers on their car because they figured out what made the Martian's head explode. So uh, they're killing Martians everywhere. Richie then drives to KWBS and puts yodeling on the radio station, which the vinyl apparently is just hanging there. And he's just like, Flicks it on, Mm -hmm. uh, which that wouldn't do shit unless you have a radio near a Martian. But they don't explain that part. Oh, here comes Radio Nazi Zach. Everything about (laughs) radios has to be perfectly accurate or he can't enjoy the movie. (laughs) You love radio. Don't look at me like that. (laughs) Byron and his crew make it to the plane. Uh, they uh, they discover a whole crew of Martians right outside. One of them's the ambassador. Uh, so Byron's like, look, we're not going to be able to fly out, so I'm going to go distract him. And he goes over and does like a quick 10-second speech of, we're going to go one-on-one with the heavyweight champion of the world, and he's tearing off his garb and proceeds to beat the fuck out of a little Martian. It's not even a fight. Dude, that Why was did amazing. the let this happen? Yeah, they instantly that was amazing. kill everyone they're like oh yeah well is this the the martians didn't like that guy they just wanted to see him get the shit beat out of him Mm -hmm. yeah pretty much because then they all jump him the plane takes off tom jones can fly they just choose to beat him to death they just choose to punch him instead of shooting him the only person in the movie they didn't disintegrate instantly plot device I do love that, like, every time he lands a punch, there's, like, a thunk. <laughs> like, it's just, like, punching plastic. Yeah. yeah. The, the Foley work of him punching him in his big stupid helmet is great. Mm-hmm. So the the Martians attack Byron. The plane takes off. Uh, and, at one, and finally, at one point, the Martians step back, and you see a body on an X just laying there. Like, oh, no, they killed Byron. Not the heavyweight <laughs> champion of the world. <laughs> so now we've got a montage of people that are walking around with speakers playing yodeling from the radio station. They're killing the Martians. They never explained why people know this. Nope. The only two people that know this are Social Richie media and Grandma. Wasn't a thing. The internet was barely a thing, you know? <laughs> they, they made note of it in the plane. They turned on the radio in the plane. It's like, yo, who put that on? And Tom Jones immediately shuts it off. So the military and whoever else just happened to figure this shit out. The play, everything's going down now because airway, you know, the yodeling is everywhere. Ships are crashing. Martians are dying. Natalie and professor Kessler are professing their love to one another. And they're able to share a kiss as their heads roll around the floor. And the ship crashes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's insane. It the, really is. The, the final walkout scene right here. Two decapitated heads, heads making out. Making out. The, <laughs> there were still some people leaving the theater at this yeah. point. <laughs> there's, it's like there's only 10 minutes left. <laughs> oh, at this point, there's less. There's like yeah. six. So <laughs> They didn't know that. No. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't care at that point. So then we get a montage of animals coming out along with our airplane crew randomly from a cave going, yeah. huh. We made it. We survived the apocalypse. I love that, like, their way of showing that the danger is over is just wild animals just mm-hmm. surrounding them. Like, Birds, it's a deer. Movie. Well, yeah, they keep cutting to different creatures, like, popping their head out, you know? Like, Chipmunks. Go for it. We'll get to it. But we have to talk about the very last frame of this movie because it's mm. so wild. <laughs> it's so- we now move to what's left of, uh, I think, the Capitol building. 
Um, we have a mari- mariachi band. Why? We have a mariachi band <laughs> was in that D.C. Joke were they just like, we need some racism? <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, we haven't had enough yeah. sexism and racism in this movie. So we have a, the only stereotype they had avoided up until this point. And a mariachi band is playing the American anthem. Uh, with Princess Amadala, and she is apparently in charge of the country now. Yeah, because yeah. that's how it works. Obviously, the <laughs> yeah, kid is in apocalypse rules. You know, <laughs> if you didn't know anyone who's listening, um, that is how the United States government works. So, uh-huh. yeah, Bill, they put the kid in charge. Uh, yeah, uh, all of Congress is, uh, you know, uh, vaporized. Is that what they did to them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A skeletonized. So, so them. the next in kit, next in line, is it next? Yeah, <laughs> it's not like a monarchy. You know? <laughs> I know, yeah. No, this is how it works. Th- this is oh, okay. our country. So. Okay. So, uh, anyways, um, so we have the ending of Star Wars, where she's pre- mm-hmm. presenting medals to to Richie and Grandma. Yeah, because... for some reason she's horny for Richie. It was did a romance happen off screen? I don't know. This is their first time meeting. Okay. <laughs> um, and then Richie gives one of the most awkward speeches for mm-hmm. yeah no reasons. I, th- I think we should all live in teepees because I just you know. think it's better. <laughs> yeah, you know. So he gets hit on by the president's daughter who asks if he has a girlfriend. We never saw Byron survive the fight with the Martians, but uh, while his kids and mother are cleaning up the house, he just walks in. <laughs> crushing a Martian's head. So Byron walked from Las Vegas, Nevada yeah. to Washington, D.C. <laughs> it's like 2,000 miles or something. That's in a lot. A, in a day. Yeah. <laughs> he just, in his Las it took Vegas three flip-flops. Days. It took me three days to drive that far, by the way. I've done that before. That's, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't I didn't stop much either. So, yeah. But we do wow. get the... That's impressive. We, we do get the great like scene of him walking towards a bisected apartment building that yeah, doesn't really just make straight, sense straight down where, where you can where you know it's like you, you can see into every apartment from the outside because they're all ripped in half but also then like then like a construction vehicle with like 50 alien corpses drives by it's so good yeah and people just draw the kids are dropping corpses like off the yeah. out of their rooms i'll tell you guys there's a lot of good stuff in this movie you are there, really you're then, sleeping on well, a lot of well, this movie there's <laughs> redeeming qualities so but... then so then the final <laughs> shot okay 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 we're almost there, eric final shot movie ends with tom jones still just hanging out at the cave with all the animals grooving to his hit song it's not unusual it's not unusual to be loved by anyone it's not unusual to have fun with anyone and he just yeah. stands there singing like dr fucking doolittle <laughs> yeah to all these the, animals the last frame of the movie is him petting a deer and he raises his arm and a falcon lands just on his, lands on his, his arm, arm. And then yes. cut to credits. What? <laughs> that was a choice. Hey Tom, thanks for thanks for you know willing to be a do a cameo in the movie. Yeah, I'm a, did you know I'm a pilot? No. <laughs> could you make me? Could, could you have me fly and save people? Sure. Could could you could you also have me sing my song? Well, we do. We have you doing that. No, to end the film. Tom, why do you sound? Why do you sound like Nicolas Cage? I don't know. It's a choice. <laughs> the whole thing, the whole thing with Tom Jones is like a hyper capable saint action hero. It's yes. so funny. 
Who is a falcon so friend? <laughs> yep. I know. Why is he a falconer? Why? Yeah. Why did, when did he turn into Harvey Birdman? Right. Oh my God! Can you imagine that just turning to the person next to you in the theater after after it comes to credits? What do you even say? What do you say? You, you, after want, it's over? you, you, you want to go get a refund? <laughs> no, I. I'm sure I some people that. tried to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that that's the end of the film. Uh, before we get into the fun real world stuff, uh, sure. Real world with with going through this film and rewatching it, uh, Eric. Out of out of five, what would you rate this film? Man, I don't know. Again, there's some redeeming qualities. I kind of like what they set out to do. I like that it's an allegory for you know and in the incompetency of world leaders. It's pretty fucking accurate. <laughs> yes, so that aspect of it, I do appreciate it. Points for that. But I really feel like I can't get it much more than like a two, like a two point three, maybe, you know, you and your fancy scores. <laughs> I mean, I got to be, you know, I got to be extra. All yeah. right. Yeah, okay. it's, it's pretty low. It's I think the lowest rating I've given a movie on this show so far, just because it's it's bad, but it's not bad enough. It's not bad enough to be fun. It's not uh, it's not like I enjoyed the car more than this. I enjoyed the room <laughs> more than this, you know, like, oh, God. Yeah, this is it was okay. bad, but in the bad in a bad way. I thought bad, I thought you were going to you know? go lower than what you did. So all right, I thought about, I was originally thinking like one point seven five, but Ooh. I got to give it a couple points because like talking about it was entertaining. You know, so okay, yeah. all right. So you you've actually gone up since we started. Yeah, the yeah, podcast. yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, know, you guys convinced me there were some funny parts in this. Okay, you know? well, good, yeah. perfect, Mike. What about you? Uh, question mark. Yeah, no, I have no idea. Like I said, We've like, it's full this circle. Weird. It's but, hard, but I will, right? I will do yeah. this in the in the in the hierarchy of little destructive freak movies. Oh God, <laughs> I would put Gremlins is S tier. Oh yeah, yeah, that's uh, the top Critters one. is somewhere between A and B, depending on I the critters. Say? Some of them get a yeah. little. Mm. They have um, diminishing returns. Uh, oh, Ghoulies yeah. is F tier. That's yeah. like way down to the bottom. <laughs> yeah, I would say. Mars Attacks is somewhere between B and C tier. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, D. D. Because like, what, what what's crazy about this movie is every time I watch it, like before I go into it, I'm like, this movie cannot be as chaotic and violent as I remember it. And then it <laughs> always is. I'm like, this movie is just nuts. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe the scale of violence and dis- and destruction played for laughs in this movie it is so over the top and so constant this movie is perfect if you have if you have like i'm sure i do add if you just oh yeah if you just always need something to go like (laughs) what the fuck this movie is for you like i should have just not taken my medication i would have loved the shit out of it (laughs) but but really though if you want to see this movie with a good script gremlins too that, that's yeah. what that's what it is. I was gonna bring that up, yeah, uh, because they actually have good writing. Like, there's yeah. actual characters in there's, that there's movie. Good, there's it's a theming, blatant spoof. Yeah, there's a theme. Yeah, characters have arcs. Yep. Things are set up perfectly. Yeah. Expectations are turned on their heads. Mm-hmm, like things mm-hmm. are things are like set up, but then they don't pay off because they want another thing to pay off, and it's right. done well. Right. Whereas. 
like I said, Mars Attacks is just it's just getting to the set pieces. That's that's all it's yeah, about. That's all it's it is. It's all about the set pieces, which I think with a little destructive freak movie, they're <laughs> mostly about the set pieces anyway. So this movie got fifty percent right. Yeah, like the 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 little freak yeah. stuff is great. It's just uh, it's totally. It's all over the place. And, and one they, thing, needed, they needed to get to those set pieces faster, honestly. They really yeah. did. One of my personal pet peeves with movies is when they cannot nail a tone. Mm. And and I think this movie definitely is guilty of that. It bothers me a lot old, lot, lot more as I get older, I've noticed. Like, I, I have no patience for a movie that's tone is all over the place. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, <laughs> Eric, Eric's starting to feel old. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just, because like, I, I remember like loving some really truly terrible movies in like my teens and early twenties that I've tried to revisit since, and I'm like, what? What is this? <laughs> you know, like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, I can't. I guess bring maybe it's like the more to, uh... I know about writing and filmmaking, and all that is just like, no, stop. <laughs> I I can't bring myself since I stopped being a teenager to watch the rush hour movies. I can't, I'm like, no, I I can't sully this uh, memory. Yeah, I have I have a. I bet Positive the first memory. one is probably still okay. Yeah. I'm mm. not sure about the rest. Yeah, I don't know if some of those jokes aged well, but I haven't watched it since the 90s like this, so... <laughs> I don't know, it's just weird. Like, <laughs> what if two different ethnicities tried to be friends? Isn't that a wacky concept? <laughs> East meets yeah. west. <laughs> oh. That's yeah, what we're going to go with. Oh, God. Oh, man. Uh, for me, uh, it... I haven't. I saw it in theaters. I watched it for this, and I don't know the last time I actually did watch it. It probably has come up on TV here or there, and I've seen clips of it, but I have not sat down to watch this film. I've mm. had no drive to sit down and watch this film. Mm. It, it is a film that you should probably see and watch it because it should it, they should <laughs> they? Because I don't know if I can recommend this one. I can, didn't mean to steal your thunder, Zach. I can, I can recommend it in the sense of it's a fun kind of sit down, literally shut your brain off and just like drink with friends movie. Yeah, that's I could what see that. this is for. Watching yeah. it solo, not nearly as entertaining mm. as uh, it was when I saw it in theaters with with friends. Or just, camping in a tent with a CRT. A CRT. T, yeah, exactly. At the age <laughs> yeah, of cord. eight or whatever you were. No, I think this is the perfect movie to get super high and watch because you will not yeah, believe what's mistake. happening on screen. That's my <laughs> mistake. I should have taken like three edibles. And then, like, you back. would have lost your mind watching this movie on yeah. three edibles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to put this at like a two for me um it's got that, moments yeah. but it feels like to me it's like oh god i forget which monty python movie it is but it's the one with all the bits where it's just bits from flying circus um, oh yeah not this, great uh, history of the world no 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 that's, that's mel brooks that's mel brooks also, that one's good i think so it feels like it, it all the scenes and sets are loosely connected and only certain things pay off. And otherwise it's just a bunch of bits. It's just yeah. a bunch of little random fucking pieces that mm. are very loosely connected. It, like the script is not great. Uh, you got a lot of actors that are just playing the B roll film. So for me, it's like, eh, it's a two. Um, mm. 
it's not a great movie. It's entertaining at times, and it's going to be more entertaining if you watch it with more people. Uh, or listen to our podcast. <laughs> or maybe. Uh, I don't know. You can disagree with me. You can love the film. I, mm. I'm I'm wrong all the time. I, it, don't my, worry. The only, the only part of this movie... Medium, the know? only part of this movie I actually dislike is the first 20 minutes. I, I think everything after that is so entertaining. Some like even when it's bad, it's entertaining after I think that. Act point. two was kind of rough. <laughs> the the, <laughs> the end is much better. The, the end the is opening, great. The opening when you're leading up to it is okay, but would the have been better. Was awesome. Would have been better if there was an alien reveal. We knew what the aliens looked like going right. into the film. That's what messed this whole thing up. But I think. They, if they did, if they held back on the reveal until the desert part. I mean, yeah. that's pretty early in the film, but at least if you held back for a bit, all right, then you get the reveal. I did like when uh, the president's wife, the first lady, I could not think of that term for some reason, when they see the <laughs> alien for the first time on TV and she's like, well, that thing's not coming into our house, was, was really funny, actually. <laughs> yeah. she, and then he's like, well, he's like, well, you're going to have to come over <laughs> because we're going to have to talk to them. And she's like, well, they're not eating with the fine china. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was pretty yeah. good, but the but for the most part, the first fifteen twenty minutes where you're stuck with just the human characters is hell. That's mm. <laughs> just it's just there's no there's no charm to the human characters in my opinion in this right. movie. Well, Pierce Bronson I thought was did a pretty Rosnin. good job. Rosnin, don't do Rosnin. don't do the Bronson Rosnin. thing. My bad. You did <laughs> that all. Me out. You did all that season. all James Bond season. Mm -hmm. I was listening to you going, "Stop it, Eric! Stop it!" Do you, I he, would keep. I would keep bringing him up even on the movies he wasn't in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I think the only human characters I kind of liked in this movie were uh, Jack Nicholson as the president, just because it was it was so over the top. Yes. Yes. And, yes. Uh, yes and yes. and uh, Jack Black, just because Jack Black fucking Great. brings it in every role. Uh, Danny DeVito as well, even though he's barely in the movie. Danny DeVito, I literally forgot was in the movie since <laughs> the last time we talked about it. Yeah, that, that tracks. <laughs> it's so wild. It's it's so weird. It really is like he just wandered it's on so set. Weird. Yeah, it really feels like it too. Yeah, Eric, anyway. do you want to uh, briefly touch on the um, the link that you had shared, the oral history of Mars Attacks and kind of yeah, how it's so misunderstood? I, I was kind of like bringing up certain things uh, from this article as we were talking. Um, but, you know, the, the main takeaway I got was that Tim Burton set out to do a very specific kind of movie and the producers kind of muddied that, you know, like the the CG thing wasn't his idea. You know, he really he was already building sets like model sets of of the set pieces like he wanted to do this as stop motion and i think if they had just let him do his thing it would have been a whole different story but they like had to like convince him to do cg they're like no trust us it's going to be great and i think that's what ruins this movie either do all cg or do stop motion effects you know um yeah. It, there's there's some weird stuff that happened behind the scenes like I touched on with the <laughs> the way they came up with the movie just cracks me up like that tracks. Yeah, <laughs> just like, you know, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate because this movie could have been great. You know, um, I don't know if I fully blame Tim Burton for it. I think the producers made some bad calls, you know, firing the initial screenwriter uh, and then forcing Tim Burton to use CG. So 
Yeah. This is one of those movies where sometimes a movie that's almost good is more frustrating than a bad movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you are so close. It's like, I, I wish you would have given me just it. more of a crap product yeah. that I can appreciate for a crap product. <laughs> which, which I think, <laughs> right. like, I think see the boom the... mic at certain scenes, you know, like the lighting's awful or whatever. Someone misses their line, <laughs> shit like that. Which you I kind of wish he would have done that. I wish he would have just yeah. full on gone with replicating an Ed Wood movie. Yes. Just go for which it. Make it terrible. He clearly loves. He clearly loves that stuff, you mm-hmm. know. And Oh, uh, yeah. Tim Burton to... is almost Ed Wood. He's yeah. very close to being Ed Wood. Mm-hmm. It just the fact that he has genuine talent keeps it from falling oh, over. We I forgot to mention Danny Elfman's music in this. The theremin. Yes. It's oh so my God. good. That was perfect. That was amazing. <laughs> and that was another thing I got from that article is that Danny Elfman had a great time working on this movie. He had yeah, so much fun messing with the music, you know? That's another thing that makes the scene with the uh, alien woman so perfect. His score is so creepy oh, yeah. in those scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I that was think, like st- pulled straight from those old movies. I think the alien woman, uh, the mi- mystery woman, is one of the best scenes just with how it's Absolutely. shot and it plays out and and everything together. It, it's a great, mm. it's a great scene. Yeah. Um, I do love that the rest we, of the movie wasn't up to that bar because <laughs> literally yeah. that that scene, that whole like five minute block of this movie is up there with like. It might be in my top fifteen moments in like any movie in general. Wow! Like I think I think I think it's so good. Like if I were to name <laughs> I all it, my but favorite I scenes in wow. movies, that's way up there. It well, just she... it's shot so well. The acting is so good. It's like the that... cinematography is so great. The music's so good. The Luke, just... I'm your father. The uh, the end of Planet of the Apes. Like and then there's this. <laughs> well, she she's on she's on the poster. Yeah, she's and on the way. Yeah, they knew they that, knew they had something good. <laughs> that's the problem with again with the poster is they Marketing, revealed her. Man. I mean, they they, they kind of didn't reveal her. You don't really know, but they got her. They got Sarah Jessica Parker as a dog. As the dog, they, and then you what have the a hell? Martian there, yeah. so you know what they look like. And then you have your all star <sighs> cast that's of Jack point. Nicholson, Glenn Close, and at Ben Betting or Benning, uh, Pierce Brosnan, and then Danny DeVito because name. He's in two. <laughs> he's in two or three scenes, but because he's a name, we're throwing him up there. Right. So that's another problem. I think is the marketing. Like they they just messed all that up. Because like if you went in not knowing, or if you went in expecting, like, oh, I can't wait to see Danny DeVito, and you don't realize he's like got one minute of screen time in this movie. You know, like Martin know, Short just... plays a bigger part than Danny DeVito. Right. But also yeah. I don't know anyone who's clamoring to go fucking watch Martin Short. Yeah. Hey, Martin Short is great. He's a treasure. Eh. I will, I will give them respect though, for killing off the so-called hero characters. Like the characters that would normally be the main characters die pretty quickly in the mm-hmm. movie. And I, yeah. I kind of enjoyed that part of it. You know, I think that's the way this movie most benefits from its cast. Yeah. Cause you cannot believe you the rate that these huge it. stars are dying. Yeah. So that was interesting. I feel like I'm liking this movie a lot more after thinking about it more you know this movie does have it's weird this movie does have increasing returns the more you watch it the more Uh you shit on it the higher eric's rating goes yeah because i think that like i had i was kind of in the same mindset as you guys when i rewatched it last year i think it was like last year where i was like woof that did not live up to what i had in my mind and then Mm. i rewatched it tonight and i was like 
all I was like, once I knew the parts Just that on were that bad, wavelength, man. <laughs> yeah, once I knew the parts that were bad yeah. were there, and I was just enjoying the parts that were good. I I like this movie way more, <laughs> way more. It's so weird that the parts that are good are so good. It's so frustrating. It's it is weird because it's like objectively a terrible movie that's trying to be bad, but like doesn't work uh but there's like little details they get right like yeah. like the the exploding brain effect i thought was brilliant i thought that it, looked cool mm-hmm. like there's little things i did like about this and, movie it's just and, it's not good unfortunately and i was looking through rev- like old reviews and there were some critics that were like there were some modern critics who were like critics back in the day uh were unfair to this movie because they didn't know that it was meant to be as bad yeah. as what they were purposely and i'm like i don't think you can get away with that with this no. movie now critics were unfair to starship troopers oh because yes. they they fully did not realize that was satire and it's yeah, so that's a it's, brilliant movie it's you so know? fucking good and the satire is so sharp same with robocop i don't think a lot of people understood that yeah. still don't understand that movie that's you know? a, that's a, just a problem with media literacy yes exactly <laughs> thank you this is the problem <laughs> with the movie was just not doing what it's trying to do very well right Right, right, right. Like, like it was, it was aiming for something, but it didn't Missed. fully commit to it. It, it like kind it, of committed to it, but then it like stepped back because it was afraid. It's it, like oh, we can't be too stupid. We have to make sure people know it's a joke. And that, well, we'll that's have the also, old lady petting her taxidermy cat. <laughs> yeah, that's what. That's a lot of times where the studio gets involved, and you have a studio yes. exec that goes, "Oh, well, we need to include this, or we, or they have personal reasons why. Oh, I really want this in, and it." changes the focus yeah. and then you get this right. what may have been a really good delivery into this convoluted uh, kind of Frankenstein thing mess. that you got yeah. because like, reasons like yeah. like this can be done well like an excellent version of what Tim Burton was trying to do here is Little Shop of Horrors yes that that was a purposely corny old-fashioned movie that was making fun of B-movies, but yes. the tone was perfect. They yes. just nailed it. And and this, in comparison, is just, it just, they just don't go, they have to, they have to constantly wink at the camera. It just, stop fucking winking. Commit. Commit or don't. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Well, anything else about the movie? Uh, not from me. Um, uh, C-tier little freak film <laughs> is what I would say. <laughs> My right. final words. Okay, let's get into. Let's get into the real reason we had to watch Mars Attacks. It's because for the past year or so, mm-hmm. uh, there has been talk and release of hey we're not alone in the universe for decades we have had ufo uap now sightings um encounters uh, from all over the world not just here in america of course roswell being the big one here in the states area 51 all of that that we've always wondered about 47 but now there is we had um uh current military people speaking to Congress, going on record saying, hey, we have seen shit. Things have been released over and over again. So it was, all right, let's talk about one of, you know, some of the big alien encounter movies, which led us to the vote. So we watch Mars attack uh, attacks. So 
since we are on the podcast, we might as well chat about where where we are in the real world with potential existence of aliens and encounters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, I think we have three comparable but yet different views on how this is. So, Eric, sure. where, where do you view? <laughs> we're not yeah. doing, Mike, before we get into this, I preface, we're not doing a bit. So do not uh, uh, do not continue. Uh, uh, okay. Do not continue the bit. This is real conversation. <laughs> okay. All right. Mike and oh, I have. I would bits, never do that. Mike and I have bits on Neatcast. We're pulling back the curtain for a moment. Uh, we play parts. It's fun. We enjoy it. But this is real talk. So Eric, okay. where where do you align with aliens' existence encounters? So, I first want to say uh, you should. We should definitely do a longer conversation with the neat cast at some point. Cause uh, you know, I've been on a few of those episodes and there've been like a lot of updates since the last time I was over there. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to even know where to begin. Right. Because I guess, I guess with my background uh, up until about 2020, I was like a hardline skeptic on this topic. Like, sure. I love sci-fi and all that, but I, and I was, you know, just mathematically, it makes sense. That there's life out there, right? Like, even if it's like light years away and we'll never see it, that's kind of where I was when the Pentagon started taking this issue seriously. It all started with the 2017 New York Times article, which I didn't know about initially, I don't think. Um, and that's where uh, they revealed that there was a black program, uh, you know, actually tracking these things and trying to figure out what they were, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that that was actually a thing that our government was spending money on like made me kind of pause and be like, huh? And so I started to kind of look into it and like more and more stuff has come out since then. And it's coming from really credible people. That's the interesting thing. I'm not saying it means it's all real, but I, at this point I'm kind of leaning towards like Occam's razor kind of is saying there's something here, you know, that's where I'm at now. I'm not saying I'm right, but that's just kind of like the feeling I get just from like, cause I've been, I don't want to say obsessed, <laughs> but I have been keeping tabs on this topic and more and more stuff keeps coming out. Now, some of that has, of course, been debunked. Uh, just last night, we're recording this uh, from when we're recording this. Um, there was that Mexican. Uh, sorry, Mex- the Mexican government had a congressional hearing of their own. And, uh, you know, uh, they allellegedly revealed uh, debt, you know, uh, alien bodies. So, and supposedly. Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. And at first I was just in shock. I was like, there's no way this is real. And then I was like, like reading about it and they had all these details and supposedly DNA samples and x-rays and all this stuff. So I was like, okay, I'm curious to see where this goes. And then the next day, like earlier today, I kept seeing that like the guy that like brought this forward is a known hoaxer. So it's <laughs> like, oh, come on. And But since then, I've also read that like the scientist that was speaking on it has is very credible. So I don't know what to believe anymore with some of this stuff. But if we can put that stuff aside for a second, the UAP thing, like we don't know what they are at least us, the public, maybe someone knows, but there is something there. That's what's been confirmed. That's all we know. We don't know if they're aliens. We don't know what they are, but we know that there's sensor data on these things. And it's a real phenomenon that governments around the world are starting to take seriously. And that's really interesting. And I'd like to see where it goes. I just hope they don't sweep this under the rug again, because this comes up every now and then, you know, and it, it seems like there's like some momentum this time, you know? 
I especially think, if you watch the hearing, like the the U.S. hearing specifically. Well, I think that at this is interesting. At, at this point, there's too much momentum that they're not going to be able to sweep it under the rug. I should point out that Chuck Schumer put forward uh, an amendment, uh, the UAP Disclosure Act. It's a 64 page document. This thing's thick, and it mentions non human intelligence like a dozen times in it. It it like lays it all out. It says if we have these things, it is legal for any citizen of the United States to keep it hidden from the government or congressional oversight, including branches of the military or, you know, like, uh, what do you call it? Um, private companies like they call all that stuff out and this goes into effect next year. So if there is something, supposedly we should be hearing it by, you know, next summer, it sounds like. Oh, my God. So Elliot from E.T. would be put in Guantanamo for the shit. <laughs> and waterboarded. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just a very interesting time to be alive. Like all this sci-fi shit going on in the real world. But again, a lot of it is speculation on our part. So mm-hmm. we'll see where it leads. What do you guys think? Oh, you already know what I think. Oh, I baby. know what these people don't. <laughs> um, I... Uh, I 100% think that UAPs are, are real, that they aren't human. My, my whole thing that I'm on the fence about is if they're extraterrestrials or interdimensional. Right. And that's, and, a, that's a big talking point with this, you know? And, and I find that both of those things fucking fascinating. Wild. Also, also, there's my personal theory. I think that uh, we can't completely throw away the idea that they could be time travelers. That's also yeah. one thing that I'm holding on to. You never know. The thing about that. Oh, do we want to even argue about <laughs> you have We have 12 minutes. Okay. I'm going to be real brief about that. Like the time travel thing kind of doesn't make sense to me unless we just don't understand time you know like maybe we just have a very um oh i don't think we do yeah that could uh, be I, but it seems like why would they risk like fucking up their own timeline by interfering with it wait, but Terminator maybe that's not how time series works. isn't a documentary you know? right but, but also if you live in the year one million maybe yeah. don't give a fuck about the year <laughs> right maybe it's really shitty in the They're future like, what what are you gonna piss off a caveman <laughs> one of these 2023 cavemen what, oh, what's man. it gonna do? Nothing. Yeah, so maybe well, the butterfly the effect human, is really the human thing. race has evolved into mist at this point. Who gives a shit? <laughs> oh, that's good. It, it, it's like if you go back to the year negative one billion, like one billion BC, right. you're, you're not gonna care if you step on a roach. Who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> what what? What is Hitler gonna become president when you come back because you stepped I, on a roach? I doubt it. I would be worried. Uh-huh. Oh, well, you're a big time travel baby, Zach. <laughs> I'm sorry for taking precautions. <laughs> but I got to tell you. I appreciate it, Zach. I appreciate it. You know, I would, uh, I would want our time travelers to be cautious <laughs> with history. I like history. You know, I don't want it fucked up. I don't want the Nazis to win. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's got to be something to it. Like, like everyone who gets... Uh, uh, abducted by aliens describes them the same fucking no, way. Okay, okay. I don't know about the abduction thing. I, again, I don't know, but I tend to listen to the people that like seem to have a little bit more credibility. We'll see. I don't know if if that's real too. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. I, I hope it is. <laughs> 
well, but what I always come down to for the right is, reasons. Like what, Mike, what I was Mike just wants to get probed. <laughs> I, I, I just want the world to be interesting, man. That's all I want. I I, I want to know that we're not alone. I mean, mm. I know we're not alone in this universe, but like, but to have confirmation of that, it's pretty big, evidence. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I feel like we're getting close to it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll yeah, see. and and also just because our world is so fucked up, major things have to happen because this planet is dying, yeah. dude. Yeah, uh, we if there's we more out there, up. if there's more out there, we need to be exposed to it yesterday. Uh, like, oh god, and, and like I think one of the most believable things I've heard in all this is uh, what was his name? Grush? Is it Grush? Yeah, David Grush. Yeah, he was well, a former say- intelligence officer. Used to brief the president. Like this guy is yeah. high ranking as they come. He lawyered up and became a whistleblower because his family was threatened when he when he was interviewing these people when he was tasked with kind of figuring out what we have because all these all these departments are compartmentalized a lot of people in them don't know the full picture and he was trying to kind of piece that together so one of the most believable allegedly things, again allegedly i'm not an insider i don't know one of the most <laughs> believable things he said was that the u.s was and like all the world governments are like there's like a cold war going on with like alien NATO. technology yeah yeah where they're like like where the u.s is trying to make everyone there's like this whole thing to just keep it under wraps no one right. wants to say a fucking thing because this technology is so huge if we figure it out but pretty much whoever figures it out first is going to be in charge of the world that's like, yeah, that's the big theory about why, because we don't know why they would cover it up. There's a couple theories out there. Some of them are kind of horrifying, and I don't tend, I don't think I believe those, but I, I, I do think that you might be right. It might be a technology thing. It's like the atomic bomb, right? It's a, mm-hmm. it's a modern take on the moon race. Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. Really, it's it's a whoever gets there first wins. Yeah. Also, there have been a lot of abduction stories where there is, for some reason, like human people in uniform in the room. I kind of believe conspiracy theories that... uh, I don't know. That could be the time traveler thing, right? Like, are they dressing up as aliens? (laughs) Or, like, the government is, for some reason, trying Hmm. to stage alien abductions. That's a weird one. Like, having people, like, dressing as aliens. I don't know why they would do that. See, I don't... I think the reason part of I think part of the reason some of this is coming out now is because so many people already don't trust the government and they think that maybe by finally coming clean with this, they might actually earn or they might be able to control the narrative a little bit because this stuff seems to be coming out whether they like it or not. So mm-hmm. they're trying to get ahead of it again. I don't know. Just a theory I'm throwing out. There. Also, maybe it benefits our government if they're if they're test driving UFOs to be able to point and be like, no, it's just aliens are visiting us and they're abducting people. Everyone's terrified. It's definitely not the, not us flying around in this super technology. <laughs> oh man. I, I don't know. We don't own Tic Tacs. <laughs> it just no. seems like, why would they continue to undermine themselves? You know, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, there's a billion different conspiracies. And <laughs> that's the thing. Like, because they've, they're so secretive about whatever it is we just our minds go you know like it's like well it could be a number of things you know here's all the possibilities but yeah and 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 also what makes me if anything makes me believe that uh some of these alien abductions are were staged it's that some of the alien designs are so fucking goofy people are always talking about giant praying mantises i'm like okay (laughs) 
I believe in a lot of things. I don't believe that <laughs> aliens look like giant praying mantises. Well, so when those uh, pictures came out the other day, my wife was like, oh, I was expecting like, like, you know, horrifying Cthulhu squid monsters, you know, yeah, not something I, humanoid. Yeah, I don't want the little pygmy fucks. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, if aliens look like this, I don't want them. I will say, like, if there's any truth to that, that would be interesting because Spielberg clearly has some knowledge, you know, <laughs> like those were E.T. I'm sorry, E.T. ripoff, you know, bargain bin E.T. Anyways, I'm sorry, Zach. I know you have thoughts. So of of everybody, uh, if you listen to Decast, I'm always more of the skeptic. And this is because uh, I have shared my experiences back uh, in former episodes of what possibly was alien encounter. I've had mm. potential cryptid encounters and they're wow. unexplained. That's awesome. But a lot of my issue comes from, cause I look at what I've experienced and I look at this, what is being presented as evidence and how easy it is to fake said yeah. evidence. And that's, the and it's frustrating. I remember years ago when they found a Bigfoot corpse and they had it on ice in a cooler and well, it made that. national headlines. And within a day it was debunked that mm. oh that's just a mask and it's fake hair and it's all this shit of people uh, wanting 15 yeah. minutes of fame and that for me is why uh i am cautious with moving forward do sure. i think there is life and and existence of other life in the universe and the galaxies of course because there has to be there's just too much space out there for right. there not to be anything and the galaxy is so much bigger and older than we thought. And, and we, we don't understand it all. Also, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, science has only gone so far. The abductions, you know, it's like, all right, yeah, everyone has the same uh, description. Is that because that's what they really look like? Or is that because subconsciously that's what people think they are? Or is that what people are going with for that exposure? You know, right, right. why are aliens always going for our butts? Okay, that's weird, <laughs> but they like it. It's weird. I don't know about that part. There, yeah. there are certain <laughs> things that make you, when you start to question, why are, why are they here? Are they looking to replace us? Are they studying us? Are they time travelers? Are they interdimensional beings? Do they come from the center of the earth? Is there other existence beyond the potential ice walls? There's a lot of things that are out there. Mm. It's like, it's a neat thing that I enjoy talking about and I do entertain the idea of it being there, but I require more mm. actual evidence to prove it to me because so many movies, so many, sh so many things that I've seen through Neatcast, through Jeremy and Mike sharing stuff, which some of it is really compelling and neat, and other yeah. stuff is just blatant. Go, uh, well, that can be easily <laughs> explained, and yeah. it is not enough. I'm a, I am far more skeptic because of that, and it's probably because I have seen ex and experienced shit that yeah. I want. I want more, and that right. that's for me. Um, sure. I think there is a potential. I hope that we get the answer. You right. know, uh, science is a big part of the understanding of life in the universe and how it all works. Hopefully yep. we get that in the near future. <laughs> they can plop a head down and go, look, real. It's Definitely. alien. Yeah, exactly. Well, 
this has been fun, gentlemen. I'm sorry, Eric, to drag you back down uh, the hole of Mars Attacks. Um, oh, no, no. I'm glad you did. <laughs> who who can we thank for our Patreon for the episode? Sure. Yeah, let's uh, go ahead and look at that. We got uh, the Super Switch Club, uh, Prince Harming, Ryan McPherson, a.k.a. Frost, Megan Kaminsky, and you, Zach Derby. Thank you for your support for Whoops. your own show. I'm here. Uh, Mike, where can everyone find us over at the Neatcast? Oh, no. I have to do Jeremy's job. I don't know how to do that. Oh, that's no, okay. Uh, we're at the Neatcast on Facebook and also on Instagram. And we are at Neatcast Pod on Twitter and at Neatcast Pod on uh, TikTok. Oh, fuck. Did I fuck that up? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. You've got limited time. Hurry yeah, it up. Less than a minute. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, no. We're Kneecast Pod on Instagram. Oopsie. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> and, Good also, save. Good save. and also, anything that is a podcast program, just type in the Kneecast. You're, you're going to find us. Eric, no one else has a podcast name that bad. <laughs> you can follow me. You can follow me uh, at Eric Slater. That's Eric with the K, Slater with the D. I am all over social media and talking about uh, UAPs sometimes. So. Yeah, fun stuff. Well, thank you. This this went a little bit longer than I actually expected. We we talked a lot of shit about a fun movie, which wasn't that fun. So uh, <laughs> I thought it was fun. You, I, I still had soon. fun. I always enjoy talking to you guys. Have ak, a ak, wonderful, ak, wonderful ak, night. Ak, 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 ak. Um, until next time. Um, damn it, that was my ending. Ak, shit, oh, shit. what do I say? Hey, uh, don't, don't, don't get, don't fucking release a dove. That There you go. Don't fly birds. Especially at first contact. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, bu- bu- bye. Bye! Ah. Podcasters Assemble is a production of the We Can Make This Work Probably Podcast Network. Find more of our shows at probablywork.com and learn how to contribute to future episodes of Podcasters Assemble by looking us up on Twitter and Instagram at Casters Assemble. You can also help support this podcast by visiting patreon.com slash podcasters assemble. Voiceover by, well, me. I mean, random faceless man in front of a microphone in a basement. Goes by the first name Dave, last name Steele. That shouldn't be too hard to track down. This episode was edited by Zach Derby. Thank you to everyone who was able to contribute to this episode, especially me. Be sure to check the show notes for links to where you can find them all online. Thank you.